From the KISS 92.5 studios in Toronto, Canada. Are you this is Roz yes. and Mocha. <laughs> it's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey guys, this is Bruno Mars. This is Selena Gomez. The Chainsmokers. Lady Gaga. Calvin Harris. Celestia Cara. You're listening to my boys Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha. My boys Roz and Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. Uh, between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz. Roz. I think Mocha. You guys are so funny, man. Congratulations, Lisa! Wow! You just won $1,000. That's amazing. Y'all just made my entire morning. Keep it up. You guys are awesome, man. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hello? Yo, Sully, it's Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha, how's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? Good, how are you doing? Uh, Working. What are you doing? I mean, working too, right? Because you texted us from work. I was not expecting this call. Okay, so Sully said this. Can I give a shout-out to Rachel M.? She's been killing it at work and uses Roz and Mocha to de-stress. I might also be crushing on her. Oh, oh you're going to get me in trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> why, 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 why? Oh, no, it was just a workplace thing, man. I'm not going to get into any details about it. Oh, <laughs> Yo, bro, are you already married or you got a girl? Uh, both of us are, so it's just a little oh, workplace oh, thing. Oh, okay, never mind. Bro, 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 bro. Oh. Are we gonna uh, like? Are we are we doing serious damage right now? Oh, probably. Oh, I'll hear about it. No, oh, no. I'll still be alive. Oh no, bro! Like, if you don't want us to read that stuff, why text that stuff? I was like, yo, the reply to the text. I didn't know I was gonna get a call. call about it. said, "Can I give a shout out yes. to Rachel?" M. I bet you guys give a shout out. To no, Rachel but then you say, but, but then you also you... said your name in here, bro. So what? What's the difference yeah, if we that's call fair. you versus saying up. it on I the set radio? Yeah, because listen, man. When, when you say when you say can you give a shout out, that's us giving a shout out. When you say can I give a shout out, that's yes. we call you. Fair enough. Oh. She's well, gonna come believe into work me, in believe me. When, you, when, when we're, we're talking lessons learned, pal, this is one of about five today. <laughs> Yo, Sully, you are in for it now. Oh. You know what? If anything happens, I'll let you guys know first. <laughs> this is why. We always say on the Raz and Mocha show for people to stop using the phrase and stop having a work wife and work husband, right? Because no good is ever going to no. come out of that. You know what? You're 100% right. Nope. 100% right. And guess what? Um, By the end of the day, you are 100% single, so you can go ahead and shoot your shot with Rachel M. Uh, so you were saying that she uses the show to de-stress, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, she's going to need us today, what? I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, Sully, you done messed up, bro. <laughs> I done messed up. I get it. Yeah, I get yeah it. you did. You did. All right, go, go go and explain to your people what the hell just happened. I will. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 or or take the day off. I would take the day off. Yeah. I mean, we will hide in a corner. Go hide. Yes, exactly. Love All you, right. bro. Take care. Later, man. All right. Take it easy. Later. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. All right. Hey, it's time for Name That Quarantine. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for this. Yeah, uh, I love this game. Uh, Mocha is very excited. So welcome back to it. This is Name That Quarantine. Can you name a legendary track by a legendary artist by only hearing the first line of the song? That's how Name That Quarantine is played again. Uh, we are back with uh, Mocha versus Dammit. Maury, the theme for this round 
of Name That Quarantine is these are the 20 biggest songs of the summer from the 2000s. So this is 2000 to 2009, which was a pretty monumental era for music. Yeah. Especially pop music. This was like the, like, this is where things peaked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will, uh, uh, Shem is with us as well. Shem, you'll be the official judge and scorekeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mocha, if you can let the people at know hear what your buzzer sounds like. Damn it, Maury, your buzzer. Okay, Mocha, once again, your buzzer. Damn it, Maury. Gentlemen, are you ready? Mocha, are you ready? Hell yeah. I got this. Step like, aside. Damn it, Maury, honestly? I know, man. Stop flexing, bro. Uh, Shem, help me out in case there is a very close buzzing in. I need you to be the uh, deciding factor, okay? I got you, bro. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, give me 16, please, Mocha. Mocha. That is crazy in love, Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. You uh, want to just go home now, Maury? <laughs> no. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Mocha, give me number eight. You might be Mocha. That is uh, NSYNC. It's gonna be May. Yes, sir. Uh, that's from the year 2000, by the wow. way, gentlemen. These are all songs of the summer uh, from the 2000s. So 2000, Maury didn't know that one. I know you didn't know that one. I could tell just based off of this. Wow. You didn't like, even need to hear the first one. Okay. No, I knew okay. that one. Okay. <laughs> I just uh, wish I had a longer liar. thumb. Uh, uh, Mocha, give me number three, please. Uh, Mocha. That is Shakira and Wyclef. Uh, hips don't lie. Wow. I wouldn't have gotten the Wyclef. <laughs> it wasn't even needed, but Mocha got it anyway. Uh, Shem, the score currently is? Currently 3 nothing for Mocha. Thank you. I demand a recount. Uh, number six, please. Uh, Mocha. That is Gwen Stefani, Hollaback Girl. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Maury, Jeez. honestly, do you want to stop? No, do you want to stop right now? Okay. No, 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 we're not. We got more to do. Uh, number 12, please, Mocha. No clouds in my uh, Mocha. That is Rihanna and Jay-Z Umbrella. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's 13. Get, 13. The destruction. 13, please. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Mocha. That is Katy Perry, I Kissed a Girl. Wow. Oh, my God. And Num- I liked it. Okay. Um, number 15, please. I was like, that oh, is no, hold that on. Was definitely Mocha. That was definitely Mocha. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Mocha. That's Nelly, hot and her. Yeah, okay, you're right. Even with the two Said R's, huh? Too, so wow, 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 wow. Uh, <laughs> look at in Maury's room. He's getting uh, hot and her. Okay, okay. Uh, how are you feeling right now, Maury? Uh, no, I'm good. It's it's fun to watch this game. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you just suspected uh, son. The, the score, Shem? Oh, God. Seven nothing. Oh, Shem seven, pretending seven to nothing. count. Okay, here we go. Uh, number one, please. I remember when. Uh, Mocha. That is uh, crazy by um, 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 Nars Barkley. Yes, correct. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, give me number 10 then. <laughs> Which might as well do them all. Mocha. That is Black, Black Eyed Peas, Boom Boom, boom, boom pow. pow. Right, yes, Mocha. Point to Mocha. I don't know what you're doing there, Maury. What are you doing? Because if Mocha got it wrong, like, I just wanted to, but like, if Mocha gets it wrong, you get the chance to steal. I know, but he's, like, that he's wouldn't have counted, a... but that wouldn't have counted, though. I just wanted the people to know I knew. No, well, you didn't, though. You should have buzzed in then. That's how the people know. <laughs> that's how the people know you knew. Uh, 14, please. Uh, how you doing? Uh, Mocha. That is Nelly Furtado featuring Timbaland, Promiscuous. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Big up Nelly wow. Furtado. That is a classic. Wow. 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 Uh, okay. Give me number seven. Here you go, Maury. Number seven. The smell of your skin. 
Mocha. That is uh, um, 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 uh, Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I'm trying to help you out here, Mar. I know, but can you? isn't one of them Who Let the Dogs Out no, by because, Baja Man? That was a no, summer song. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Um, geez, what? I, okay, let's go. Okay, here. here. <laughs> anyone's, it's anyone's game now. <laughs> it is. Okay, Maury, uh, give me number five, please, Mocha. Yeah, I'm running out of songs. I know. Number five, please. Chill out. Uh, Mocha. Oh, oh, I know this one. No, Mocha. it's complicated by Avril, Avril Lavigne. Lavigne. Yes. Uh, so the score, Shem, is? 12 nothing. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, so this, again, if you're just joining us, is a Name That Quarantine. It is a Can You Name a Legendary Song by Legendary Artist by only hearing the first line of the song. Uh, and we are doing the 20 biggest songs of the summer from the 2000s. So this is 2000 to 2009. Uh, we've almost gone through them all. The score is 12 nothing for Mocha. <laughs> for God's sakes, Maury. <laughs> Somebody stop the damn match. Uh, okay, like this is like like I'm I'm running out of I'm running out of tracks here. Yeah, I get it. I get okay, it. Okay, just just so you know, we don't have a lot left. Normally, we don't even go this deep, but today ah! I just can't stop. Uh, stop it, both of you. Uh, okay, uh, give me number four, I guess. I'm a freak to the core. Mocha. Okay. Oh, dun, 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 dun. I know that. Okay, go. Yeah, go. That is. Yeah. Uh, Lil Kim and 50 Cent Magic Stick. Yes. Oh, wow. I would not have. I didn't know. Wow. Wow. I got the magic stick. I thought it was 2003 Magic Stick. I Lil thought Kim it was featuring Take 50 Me to the Cent. Candy Shop. Nope. Um, oh. uh, no. Should we just do one more? You want to just do one more? Just okay. One more. Um, I'm already dead. Okay. Can't kill well, me anymore. What, what's the score? Are we at 13 yet, Shem? 13 nothing. 13 <laughs> yet nothing. Um, okay. Let's try. Uh, oh, here. 17, please. Uh, Mocha. Black Eyed Peas, I got a feeling. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> wow. That was a slaughter. Yeah. That was an absolute, like, yeah. you can't, uh, you can't even identify this body. No, you can't more. You got, like, hurt. Yeah. Okay. This was probably the wor- the absolute worst loss you've ever suffered in Name That Quarantine. Oh my god! Like I feel like I'm being interrogated. <laughs> like, like I will say this: like this is more, worse than a performance like it's review. Not, it's not even that, it's more It's not even that you got answers wrong. Like you only buzzed in for about half of those. What do you want me to say? Sorry. No. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Hey man, I'm older than Colin Farrell. Okay. How'd that happen? You're older than a lot of people. Shush, my much shush. Hold on. So Colin Farrell to date is 43 years old? No, 40, 46, man. Oh, 46. How am I older than Colin Farrell? Why I thought so I was upset? younger than Colin Farrell. Well, I don't know. He's just think, one of those people that I thought I had, like he had like a year on me or so. I thought I it was reversed. Colin Farrell, he looks older than he actually is. I think Maybe because of all the gorgeous. drinking and, and smoking and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think what, Maureen? He's gorgeous. Well, I'm not saying... You, listen, you can... What, you saying that, like, you lose being gorgeous? At what point, at what age do you no, stop being Mocha considered gorgeous? No, because Mocha said he older than he is. Okay, but, he but at great. what age does somebody, like, go from being gorgeous to, like, an attractive elder? No, it's it's relative because Lenny Kravitz is beautiful and he's older than you. Yes, I know. I oh, there you go. Kravitz I made the other day. 50, he turned 58 or something or like that. 60? Oh, yeah, 58. I, think, yeah. I think something like that. 58, maybe. Is it 58? Is that how old Lenny Kravitz is? Oh I don't know, man. 58. I, 58. Thank you, Shem. 
I don't know. I thought I was older. I thought I was younger than Colin Farrell. That oh. sort of sets you me up like for You seem like really a, bummed out. Well, that no, can't ruin I'm, your day. No, I'm not. It's not going to ruin my day. Very few things aside from you ruin my day. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and I allow it. That's fine. That's on me. I get it. Mm. No, but I just, I don't know. You, 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 there's, I have triggers that will disrupt my enjoyment of life. And it's nothing major, right? Like it's it's never anything major. It's just something like this where I, I open up a story and I'm just reading it. It's Colin Farrell, comma, 46. And then I'm like, man, you know, that's not cool. I know. I remember the last time you got upset about this when you found yeah. out that you're older than Rick Ross. No, the last time I got upset about this when I found out that I was older than Doc Brown was when he filmed Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, but like... Because he looked old as hell in that movie. Well, yeah, like makeup and stuff. No, he was old. He looked old as hell in that movie, right? Mm. Like, I remember seeing that movie thinking, like, he looked grandfather age. Yeah. Right? But, it's not cool. But, like, most times when... Like, <laughs> yes, I'm older see... than Rick Ross. Thanks for bringing that yeah, one up. I sorry. forgot. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. I, it doesn't hit me the same way when I think that... When I realize that I'm older than somebody, but I think I look better than they do. Okay. Right? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I look better than Rick Ross. Uh -huh. Like, shirts off to shirts off, right? If you had to pick, we're both at the buffet, right? Who's oh. picking Rick Ross over me? He's going to eat you under the table. Oh, stop um. it. I, I don't mean like that. <laughs> I just mean if you had if you had to choose, uh -huh. right? If you had to choose. Well, I guess we'll pick you. I guess. Oh, no. You're not helping the situation. I guess. Are there, like, in most cases when you see it's a celebrity's birthday or whatever, yeah. right? Like, are you okay with the fact that you're older than some? I have, most times I have no problem yeah, with right? it. Yeah, right? Most, 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 times I have, most times I have no problem with it. I have no problem with aging. I really don't. Like, I don't have any of those things. It's just, you have, like, I have things, with, like, I, I just feel that I've always thought that I was younger than Colin Farrell. Uh -huh. And I think maybe that's because when I guess we were around the same age, he became very successful. And I just attributed that to having a few years on me kind of thing because he sort of shot out of a cannon yeah. when he was when he was younger in the early 2000s or whatever it was. Uh, but no, but it bothers me now. Mm. I don't. It's not that I dislike getting aging. I don't mind aging. How old? You're 48, right? Um. <laughs> so I'm just looking up how, other celebrities how are you turning put 48. The man on the spot no, I was just looking up other celebrities turning no, aren't 48, you turning this, 48 year? this year. I think I'm turning 48 yeah. this yeah, year. You jackass! Here's a list of I got other don't, celebrities don't, don't turning 48. 48. Me. No, don't don't 48 yeah. me Not right cool. now. Moss. Who? Cool. Kate Moss. Oh, she's gorgeous. Heidi Klum. Oh, she's gorgeous. Heidi. I'm younger. I'm older than Heidi Klum. Tyra Banks. Oh my God, these are all people I thought had years on me. Tyra? Kate Beckinsale. Really? Oh my God! Why are you naming? Why are you just naming the most gorgeous forty-eight-year-olds on Earth? Okay, fine. Neil Patrick Harris. Doogie. <laughs> See, here's my fresh <laughs> Christian Bale. Christian Batman. Yo, he's how old older than Batman? Hold on, I'm not and older. Dave than, Chappelle. I'm not old. I'm older than Dave Chappelle. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Better not say something. Oh bad. my God, Mario Lopez. But that makes sense. Later. AC Slater? Yeah, of course. How old is he? He's turning 48 this year. God, oh, man. when? It's not a bad club, though. That's a lot of good looking people. This may October be October 10th. This. Oh. Oh, so you're, so <laughs> you're older, than, older than AC Slater by 12 okay, days. Okay, okay, okay. 
Okay. No, he's older than me. He's older than oh, me yeah, by no, 12 days. You by okay, 12 you days. know what? My day just turned yeah. around. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, I'm not sure where Cardi B is, but uh, Cardi B and Offset are somewhere on some sort of vacation in the islands. I'm not a... Listen, they're enjoying their life right now. But I guess at some point, Cardi B, while on vacation, watched somebody else's yacht sink and recorded herself because that's what Cardi B does. But this is Cardi B watching somebody's yacht sink. Oh, my... It's sinking! (laughs) Y'all see that? Y'all see that? Oh my God! They can't do nothing about it. They ain't no big boy, that, big boat that can save it. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Oh my God! It's gone. Oh my God! <laughs> she did say that there was. Oh, 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 she's not done yet. She's not Okay. Now she's done. Okay. She did say there was nobody on it, so nobody okay. got, nobody got, nobody did got. Did you see hurt. the video? Actually, was sinking. Uh, yeah. No, I know. But well, she's not going to be lying about it. Yeah. No, like I thought, like a little bit under the water. This thing was like no, gone. No, no. Yeah, boats are expensive too, man. Jeez. It's gone. It's gone. She puts a W in there, huh? Gone. Yeah. It's a New York accent. Yeah. It's gone. Is Guan. Yeah. The second one sounded like she said Guan. It's yeah. Guan, right? Is Guan. Is Guan. Yeah. <laughs> I love anyway, Cardi B. I, yes, I agree. I love every bit of commentary she gets. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Y'all remember those stories of uh, that chick from 90 Day Fiance, Stephanie Motto? We had her on the show. She was the one who was selling farts. Yeah, she made like $100,000. Oh, and then she put herself in the hospital because of her uh, uh, crazy fart diet. The... She was eating this really, like too much really fiber. too much fiber to try and produce gas so then she could fart in a jar with a rose petal in it. And then obviously the rose petal sucks up the scent of the fart. She'd put a lid on it and sell it to fans for hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. But that diet put her in the hospital. Okay. Yes, I remember her. Okay. So she's back at it again. With? Selling stuff. Okay. This time, boob sweat. Boob sweat. Yeah. I could do that. So she is spending her days lounging by the pool, right? right? Super hot, humid day. Okay. Trying to get as much sweat as possible and putting them into these little glass or plastic vials, right? Okay, yeah. And she's selling her boob sweat now. But how do you do that? Like you sop it up and then wring it out into a little vial? I guess. But what do you do? And then what do you do with it? She's selling between three and $500. Or do you attach jars to either one and it drips in? Yeah, I guess. Nah. Like some sort of rain system? No, you know like, what a, I think? like a cistern? Because I was thinking about this. <laughs> I feel like, so you get the laying on her back, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. sweat builds up. And maybe she takes the, maybe she takes the little, the, the opening of the vial, right? It looks like, you know, when you go and you get your, uh, your blood taken mm-hmm. and they fill that, mm-hmm. that little container, that mm-hmm. little vial. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those. Okay. So she, she probably takes the opening and I wonder if she presses it up against her skin and then, like, no. runs it a- across, so then the, the sweat just 
pores. No, that's that's not an efficient way of doing it because you need a larger you need a larger mouth if you're going to fill something small, <laughs> right? Jesus. Stop it, Jesus. Uh, it's just bad enough we're talking about boob sweat, guys, okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the science of it. It's like, okay, you know uh, uh, you know when, uh, you know how you can catch rain, right? If yes. you have a little tiny vial yes. and you want to fill that with rain, what you want to do if you're in the jungle is you take a big old leaf and you roll it into a funnel and you poke the hmm. small end into the little hole of the vial and then the bigger end up top catches more rain and you're filling vials much faster than trying to catch mm. rain in the in the so mouth she, of a little what vial. What is she using to funnel that? So I'm wondering if you have some sort of system, almost like a trough system that would go around underneath where your boob is if you're selling boob sweat and then the sweat would run into this trough and then all she would have to do is replace the canisters on the end and you could probably fill them fairly quickly mm. hey more maybe you should reach out to her because we've had her on the show before just so we can ask that one just we just need an answer to that like one the, question yeah the mechanics of it i need to know the the engineering behind the collection See, i still of think she sweat. lies on her stomach with two things attached to either one and it, as she's sleeping it drips in that's what i'm just talking about yeah but no leaf like it's just sort of i didn't say leaf like a hook a hook? A hook. A hook to what? To the bed. And they hang, like, the, the, the whatever, the, the beach bed, right? But what collects the water? What collects jars, the sweat? Two, two no, jars. but but what collects, where does the, the sweat is on her body. Right, yeah. but if she's lying on her stomach, it just drips in by gravity. On her stomach? Huh? Like, she's lying on the bed with two holes in the bed. The jars are hooked on the bed. Underneath the bed, they're hanging there. While she's lying on her stomach, no, it she needs to be in. No, 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 no. Uh, she needs to be laying on her back, man. Yeah, you need that direct heat, that direct sunlight on your skin in yeah. order for unless you have the beads heat of sweat under the bed. Okay, now you're there's like a whole production here, man. I don't you think would go broke selling you, Maury. You were the only person on the internet that would go broke selling boob sweat. You know what I mean? You would be the only one who lost money selling sweat to perverts. <laughs> yeah, you would. Time. That would just be, everybody else is a millionaire, but your your way of doing it, you would go broke. But I'd get more sweat. Mm. No, I don't think well, so. Well, Stephanie from uh, 90 Day Fiance, who's selling That's her boob sweat, said uh, also that she can't be laying down like by the pool. like It's bad for your skin. All day. So she's thinking of investing in a sauna a to put in her place. Oh, right. right. Yes. You can get sweat in two seconds. Right. But who wants to sit in a sauna? I can't sit in a sauna very long, though. But, uh, I'd pass she's out. She's now selling uh, her boob sweat for three to four. Five hundred dollars. Oh God! And again, and and we, we we've talked to her, and even when she was selling farts, man, listen, you know, this is a world that is exclusively run by women, and power to them because no man is selling boob sweat to women. No, like it's not happening. This is only dudes buying boob sweat from people like yeah. Stephanie Motto. She's making and you bank, can, and if you can make it, make it. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Stephanie Motto from Ninety Day Fiance is making news again. She is the young lady who uh, was making, like, serious bank on selling her farts in a jar um, uh, up until the point where she got sick, like, really sick during this business venture. I mean, she did it all to herself. Yeah, she was. She created this diet to, like, induce farts, like, to make sure she could get a lot of farts, and then she would put them in a jar and sell them to weird dudes uh, on the Internet. And, hey, listen, if you can do it, do it. That's my motto in all of this. I have uh, no care in the world what the young lady chooses to do for a living. That is her business. Uh, but now the, the fart business dried up, <laughs> and I don't know why. And then she went on to NFTs. But now her new business, can I just play you this real, real quick yes, here? absolutely. 
Absolutely. So this is just something from Stephanie Motto's TikTok, and it's the TikTok voice. But here, here, here it goes. Day in the life making thousands of dollars selling my Tata sweat in bottles. Day in the life making tons of dollars selling my Tata sweat. So she's selling boob sweat now in tiny little vials. And the question that we had was like, What's the mechanism for harvesting? <laughs> I need the logistics, like the engineering behind mm. how you actually harvest that to get it. Because she holds up a vial and like this vial is full. It's got a like, lot of sweat in it's there. It's got a lot. And I, that's like, to me, seems unreasonable. By the way, she's selling it uh, allegedly. We'll find out in a second for three to five hundred dollars oh a vial to people. Stephanie Motto, welcome back to the Raza Mocha Show. How are you? So how many jars of boob sweat am I putting you down for? Oh, please. <laughs> Okay, so here's here's the question that we had before we get into uh, the, the sort of people and everybody else and everything that you've done. We need to know about the engineering behind this. Okay, so when you, mm-hmm. I saw you hold up a little tiny vial, and the conversation that we had was, how do you harvest the sweat to get it into that vial? Mocha had said that you probably just take it and run the tip of it, like the, the opening of it, along your body and just scoop that way. And I said that that doesn't seem efficient. That you would have something that catches it that's a larger opening and then deposits it into the tiny vial. What are you doing to harvest the sweat? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, it really is, you know, exactly that. You are running it against your body and it has a lot to do with the weather conditions that day. So it does have to do with the humidity. I have to be in direct sunlight and sometimes it is, you know, movement. So I'm doing jumping jacks. I'm in my yard. I'm running around. So I am trying to produce as much sweat as possible. So that's, you know, it's pretty much that. It's a painstaking process. And then you're just like literally just like moving your body and just drip by drip into this one little vial? Yeah. Oh, Stephanie, I could come up with a way more efficient system. (laughs) A way more efficient system. In one kind of like sweat session, how many vials are you filling sweat into? So one vial takes me anywhere from like 15 to 30 minutes. Oh, wow. So, I mean... Yeah, so it's taking me a pretty long time to do, and I'm out there pretty much all day. But I have no complaints because, I mean, I just got this brand-new in-ground pool. I'm out there all day. I'm enjoying the sun. I'm out there with my dog. So it's like... It's kind of enjoyable. Like, I'm out there also doing my work. I'm there with my laptop. Did you pay for that brand new in-ground pool with the money you made off selling farts? Yes, I did. girl. Holy business woman right there. Is it true that your latest business venture has taken off so much that you're thinking of putting in a sauna in your place so you could get a little sweatier a lot quicker? Well, actually, two days ago, a black bear came into my backyard and it shut down business for a day. I couldn't be in my backyard producing my sweat jars. So I actually had one of my clients. He told me that he was going to buy me one of those like built in saunas that you can buy online and have it installed in my house. So I'm actually considering his offer because it does seem a lot more efficient. And like, what am I going to do in fall, in wintertime? Like, I can't just go out of business then. So I'm actually, honestly, I'm thinking about the offer because also, you know, skin cancer runs in my family. 
Um, so there's just a lot of things to really consider. As oh. you guys know, the whole fart jar thing landed me in the hospital and we don't need another repeat. And this is, and, and this is a concern because you, you put together this grotesque diet, no offense to help produce the, the <laughs> methane needed, uh, to sell yeah. farts in a jar and you wound up in the hospital. And now we see yeah. you, you know, sitting out in the backyard for hours on end doing jumping jacks. Uh, exactly. you know, this, like you have to think of your health. What about Stephanie? Have you ever seen like boxers or MMA fighters when they're training and they're looking to drop weight, they wear those, they look like garbage bags, right? They wear those mm-hmm. and they may sit like on a, on a treadmill or run on a treadmill or sit on a stationary bike and build up a sweat that way. You may be able to capture a lot of your sweat in one of those suits. Oh my God. And then saw the garbage bag. <laughs> oh no, that's you're disgusting. You are a wild one. And again, we've said this many times to you, Stephanie. Uh, first of all, I don't know who the hell is buying your farts and your sweat, but you seem to have found an audience for it and you just got a brand new in-ground pool. So power to you. What, yeah. what you do is none of our business. How you make a living is none. You don't look like you're hurting anybody. You seem like a fine enough person. Uh, and we're only concerned for your health Thank and safety. You. We've been following your story now for a while and just please be careful okay of course and if anybody wants to you know come over and some of their boob sweat they should come on to unfiltered and join me oh there you go oh, and, wow. and is three to five hundred dollars what you're selling a vial for right yes three hundred okay. five hundred depending on how much is in the vial because you know sometimes i collect a little bit more in each one a little bit less so, you know, I'm trying to also give some people a discount. I know that times are tough right now, and I'm trying to give the working class men Inflation. a discount. And, and real quick, uh, can you give us an estimate on, on how, mu- how much you've made so far by selling your sweat in a jar? The most I've made in a, in a single day is $5,000. Damn, So girl. it's. It's pretty crazy how much there's, you know, possible to be made. Uh, Stephanie, Mata, you just, you got the cheat code for this, girl. Uh, Stephanie, stay hydrated, okay, hon? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Have a good summer. Okay, you too. Thanks for joining us on the Roz and Mocha Show. All right, bye-bye. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, where are we here? Ba-da-da. I had a new poll, more than a thousand people who are in serious relationships. 97% of people admitted to arguing with their significant other. Uh, 16% of people say that they argue once a week or less. Another 16% that say that they fight multiple times a year. Now, on the flip side, 8% of people said that they argue at least once a day. 11% said multiple times a week. And another 11 said, uh, 11% said that they fight once a week. We so a huge fight last night. About? How Matthew talked to a woman about her dog. And I didn't take his Like a stranger? Side. Yeah. I took her side, and we didn't talk for the rest of the walk. What happened? And because why was he all up in some next lady's dog, business? Well, her dog wasn't on a leash, and okay. Matthew didn't appreciate that she didn't have control of her dog, and the dog was growling and all over Andy. Mm-hmm. And Matthew got super angry at her and was like, get, con- you know, have control of your dog, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you mean you could have said that a little bit nicer to her? Like, I mean, she seemed nice. She took her dog away. He's like, whose side are you on? Oh, wow. like, okay. Oh. Okay, okay. Uh, Deepa, um, newlywed. I I, like, what does multiple times a year, like... So multiple times a year. Some people say multiple times a week. Some people say multiple times a day, Maureen. Yeah, right No. There. No. Okay, so let me ask you this. Well, then. Deepa, let let me ask you this. Ask, then you don't fight enough. Let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. If you had to put a list together, as they did here, of what are the things that couples tend to argue about the most? What are these sort of things that trigger arguments in a relationship? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, I think when we moved in, it was decisions about furniture okay. and decor, and then building furniture. Okay, those were the two big things. So you got you guys are it. fighting like college students. <laughs> like yes. you're, you're, you guys are arguing over who's putting the, the Billy bookcase together. <laughs> Like, can you not follow instructions? Like, yeah. right. Okay. Ikea gave us the instructions with all the pictures. Uh, okay. Right yeah. There. So, the uh, so some the, here's the, the things that people tend to argue about. All these people that they polled uh, said that these are the things that they argue about the most. These are the most sort of argument triggers when, as soon as this comes up, an argument is going to happen. Uh, on the list is the amount of quality time spent together. Ding. Fam- <laughs> family. Ding. Household chores. Ding. Anything, Deepa? Maury's running the table here, going three for three. And I've never won this much. Communication styles. Ding. Uh, Money. Ding. Why am I the only one dinging? (laughs) Yeah. I can't participate. Don't Don't make Shem feel bad, Maury. No, I can't participate. Okay. Shem's like, I wish I had somebody to find Okay. And and this is the one, Maury. This is the, the, the sort of big one on the list, which is... Tone of voice or attitude. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Hey, did you see the story of this uh, Russian plane that got this massive parking bill at Pearson Airport? What? No. So there's like a Russian cargo plane, I guess, stuck at the airport. Mm -hmm. And it's huge. It's like the largest of its kind. And it landed in February. Mm -hmm. It was from, I guess it was coming from Alaska and then was going back to Russia, just like cargo and other stuff and everything else. But the problem was is that at that time, because Russia invaded Ukraine, that Ottawa said that all aircraft owned, chartered, or operated, or otherwise controlled by a person connected with Russia or which is registered in Russia are prohibited to enter, exit, or overfly Canadian, Canadian airspace. Oh, so you grounded, son. So they grounded this plane at the airport but it's huge and they charge if you have to like take up space at the airport with your plane oh okay hold on yeah let me figure this out yeah since when february what's the most expensive parking ticket you ever got maury parking ticket yeah four hundred dollars Jeez, that's a lot of money. That was parking in a loading, like a handicapped loading area to go oh, and buy magnets. Right, I remember that. You ever get a parking ticket, Deepa? Mm, nope, clean record. Well, well, we don't. Come on, now it doesn't go on you. It's not like it goes on your record. You don't say clean well, record I like mean, you're better than all of, of us. <laughs> Never had a parking ticket. I'm not saying speeding Never. or reckless I have four driving right now. <laughs> yeah, we. Oh, geez. Yeah. Still. Okay, so for this big Russian airplane to be. Yeah. Stuck at Pearson Airport in Toronto since February. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say they got charged like roughly a thousand bucks a day. So I'm gonna estimate like eighty grand. Ninety three thousand dollars. Ninety three. And my fa- <gasps> my favorite part of this story is ninety three thousand dollars plus GST. <laughs> Have they not learned anything? Like you gotta all- charge taxes, man. Yeah, it's twelve grand in GST. All you do is like go every day, go there and just move it to another spot. No, you can't. It's 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 just this space. That's what the- you do in a parking lot. Yeah. You move your car to another spot. No, the only way to move it to another spot is to move it to Russia, and they can't do that. <laughs> they not charge allowed. them. They charge them wow. seventy four cents a minute. Oh, damn. Oh, my. So, yeah. all those, when you drive by the airport and there's those planes that are just all lined up, like uh, uh, by the fence, they're all paying? 
most likely, yeah. I mean, oh. if they're if they're not going anywhere, but I think that it's the size of this plane and where this plane is because there is no like it's not like they rent space there. Like a lot of those planes, like just their that space they occupy is sort of their space to occupy. Yeah. They're part of fleets. They have they they're, they're they're frequent whatever it is. But this is like not native to the airport, and so they get dinged with seventy four cents a minute. So what about the pilot and crew of that plane like where are they i think maybe they were they allowed fly, to fly they could fly back on they like could fly back airline. but, but I don't they know. have to like reroute but i don't know if they were actually allowed to fly back though yeah i don't know for so this what's that who pays for this well russia gotta pay well, for it right yeah whoever's like have to start a gofundme <laughs> for believe me maury like if what? russia's <laughs> to start a gofundme their plane in toronto is going to be on the list it'll be very low on yeah. the list <laughs> the Roz and mocha show podcast podcast Roz and mocha's hell of a story Hi, Alana. It's Ronza Mocha. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? We are doing great. We're excited to talk to you. Let's get into it. Hell of a story. When and where does this take place? Okay, so this took place about six years ago in Las Vegas. All right. Um, for yeah. my 21st birthday. Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. One of my favorite spots to be at in the entire world. Okay. okay, so you decide to head to Vegas for your 21st. Who's with you in Vegas? Me and two of my really good girlfriends. We were just we're ready to go all out. Okay, and you've known these two girlfriends for how long? So one of them I've known since elementary school, one of my best friends still to this day. The other one I knew for a very long time, dating okay. one of my best friend's boy- boyfriends. Nice. So when you're in Vegas, you know that these, like, whatever happens in Vegas, these girls aren't going to crack, right? Like, they're secret keepers. They're your vaults. Yes. Okay. What happens in Vegas either. So you guys uh, are in Vegas. What's the plan when you get there? So we booked a eight-day trip, seven nights, eight days. Oof. Our plan was just to go <laughs> We were turning 21. We had to. Yeah. So our plan was just to go to all the rooftop patios, go to all the restaurants, go to clubs, have a really great time over the whole eight days, go to the Grand Canyon, everything. Okay. So what happened? So we get to Vegas. We're having a really great time. The three of us are sharing a room. We go out the first day. We have a really nice dinner. We, you know, get a lot of drinks and then we go to sleep. Um, the next morning we wake up and um, I should mention that in the beginning we all had gone to the bank together when we were in Canada and we had exchanged all of our money and everything together. So we all had some American bills of different kind of, you know, some tens, some ones, some fives and everything, some fifties. So I, I am a little bit OCD. So I made an envelope for every single day of exactly how much money I was going to spend. So it was $150 a day. Oh, so okay. the next morning I wake up and I go into the safe that we were all sharing and my envelope has some money missing for the second day and all my two other friends as well. So there was money missing from everybody's envelope and we were like confused, but then thinking, you know, we're in Vegas, we're having a good time. I'm sure that we just use some of our money, mm-hmm. not a big deal. Um, and then, you know, we all go out for a nice lunch. We enjoy the day. We go out for a second night partying, having a great time. And then the next morning, so day three, we wake up and it's the same thing. Like we have money missing from all of our envelopes. So it's a little suspicious. We go online and we do some Google searches. And it says that apparently, you know, in a lot of these resorts in Vegas, um, the security team or the the cleaning ladies have access to your room. So in the past, there's been incidences where they go into your So, Alana, so you're the girlfriend that you're one of the girlfriends that you're there with who you've known since elementary school. Her name is what? 
Taylor. Taylor. And then the other girlfriend that was the uh, girlfriend of a really, really good friend that you've known for a while, her name is what? Joelle. Okay, so you, Taylor, and Joelle uh, all mm-hmm. wake up, go to the safe. You all have money missing uh, from the yeah. safe, and then you call what? Down to security. Yeah, and we're like, hey, there's money missing. Security is really great. They're like, we're really start- sorry. We're going to start an investigation with everybody that's entered your room in the last two days. Gave us some little credits to use in the hotel for breakfast and everything. And then it's, it's still day three. We all go out and we have uh, we go to a liquor store nearby. Nice. And I noticed that one of the girls, Joelle, she pays with a $50 bill. But when we all went to go get cash together, she never got 50s. Oh, no. I'm a little skeptical, but I'm like, you know what? Like, people have money. I don't know. Maybe she just had, you know, American money prior to leaving. Sure. I kind of, I pass it off. I'm like, that, you know, it's no big deal. Um, Then we go out to eat, and I go to the washroom, and I ask her if she can uh, use the money in my purse while um, I'm in the washroom if my bill comes. Um, and it's the beginning of the day, so there's $150 in my bag, and she goes to pay for it, and it was only $20. And then I noticed that I only that I have $50 missing, so I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been her this whole time. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. So um, we plotted this whole this whole uh, I guess story on her that the security was in our room searching through everything. Um, my friend was in the room, Taylor, and she was searching through everything. And hold, hold on a second here. So, so, so you and Joelle are like out in yeah. the in the in the resort somewhere, and then yeah, and then Joelle. and then you and Taylor are like, okay, I'm going to keep Joelle busy. You go back up to the room and what? Look through all her stuff for your money. <laughs> my friend Taylor went through everything. Went through everything she brought. Did she find it? She found everything stashed in the no. liner of her luggage. No, both your money and Taylor's money. Yes, my money, Taylor's money, U.S. And then to top it off, she also took Canadian money from me, gift cards from me, everything. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay, so you then what? Confront her. Yeah, so we, we confront her and we're like, we found everything here. And she's complete denial, doesn't know how it got there, wasn't her. Um, you know, once we were persistent and said, we know it's you, there's nobody else that would have came in our room and put it in your bag. She ended up admitting that she did do it. Um, she said she was very sorry. She didn't have enough money to go on the trip. And that was that was it. Okay, hold on. But this is day three of an eight-day trip. What happened for the rest of the five days? <laughs> she went home. We kicked her out. You kicked oh, her out? no! I'm going to ruin my, my 21st birthday <sighs> Okay, so you Damn. so you kicked her out. Was there like a goodbye? Was there anything like that, or was it get your get your things and get the hell out? There was a fight and a goodbye. Get your things out, and then the cherry on top was my credit card was linked to our hotel room. So on her way out, she stopped um, in the restaurant downstairs and bought herself uh, a drink and some dinner on my credit card. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> she still got you. She still got you in the end. Damn. Oh, no. Damn. Well, Alana, uh, that is a hell of a story. Thank you so much. Sometimes it just be your own, huh? (laughs) 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 Thanks, Alana. No problem. Thank you. Bye, girl. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, hello, Razamoka, what's up? Not too bad. Just waiting in line here at the passport office. I'm screwed. Oh, <laughs> oh, on Thursday. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Damn, so you're traveling oh. in two days and you're waiting at the passport office. What's your name? My name's Sam Jay. Are you <laughs> waiting a passport for yourself or for like your family? Oh, absolutely myself. 
Oh, okay. Where are you <laughs> going to? I was going to gym Todd Dominican on Thursday with some friends. Oh, okay. You're right. But uh, we booked the tickets in February. And I don't know why I thought I had a 10-year passport. And I checked the passport literally on Sunday because I was getting my ready. I'm like, oh, shoot. My, uh, my passport's expired. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so what's, what's the game plan then? You're going to obviously wait in the lineup until you get in and then do you tell them that you're traveling on thursday so you need this asap yeah so uh, apparently what i'm hearing is that if you are flying within two days they will expedite it and you can get it the next day damn yeah we were talking about that yesterday i had to do that one time yikes uh they were not prepared at all for the amount of people um coming out of the uh coming out of covid that we're gonna need new passports like not at all yeah and when yeah. you get to the airport, it's crazy because people are now, when you land in Toronto, because Toronto still has all these ridiculous COVID restrictions at the airport, people are landing from long flights and having to sit on their plane at the airport for two hours before they're even allowed into the customs line. That's so oh crazy. God. So uh, what's the uh, wait time like for you today? What do you think? Uh. I I do not expect to get out of here anytime before like three p.m. Oh, I've been here since like damn. Yeah, Yo, not, so do you have to take the day off of work for this? Um, I I did <laughs> this morning. Like I didn't tell my boss ahead of time. I was just like I woke up this morning and I realized texted him. I was like, yeah, there's probably no overtime. Hey, can't you can't you pay somebody to wait in line for you? That's what I do. Actually, Funny enough, actually, there is a dude at the front of the line who comes in here every who comes here every single day at like midnight, and then he will give up his seat for a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars, real? A thousand? Hey, can you can we talk to that guy? Oh my gosh, I don't know. He's oh, dude, he's on the other side of the building. That's how long. Yeah, I know. You can't give up your spot now. Where are you in line? Like, how many more people are ahead of you? Oh, maybe like eighty. Yeah, no. How many people? How many people are behind you? You can't get out of there. Another like. 40, 50 people. Oh, my God. And it's still early. Wow. Yeah. But looking at the lineup right now and looking at the estimated time that you're going to be there today till 3 p.m. and you've been waiting since 5, in your mind, you must have contemplated like a 1000 bucks to pay someone to wait oh, in line for you. Dude, it's probably worth absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought about it. Yeah. There's still a chance that I don't get the passport. Yeah. Even if I do it, and I'm just like, I already spent the money on this trip. And it's like, if I don't get the passports, money down the drain. Uh, that guy at the front of the line, right? So, yeah. like, does yeah, yeah, he, yeah. like, how do, like, how does he get the money? Like, is this prearranged beforehand that he's waiting for somebody? Or is he just hoping somebody at the back of the line will wander up to the front of the line and then he'll say, for $1,000, you can have my spot? Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think he's just waiting for someone to be like, hey, man, I'll buy your, I'll buy your seat from you. Yeah, and you know what? There are Ooh. people every single day that probably pay him, which yeah. is why he's yeah. so confident to get there and wait at midnight because he knows guaranteed he's yeah. making a thousand bucks. Give in. Yeah. yeah. That's a good it's racket. Crazy. Jesus. Damn, Sanjay. Well, good luck, bro. Yeah, well, thank you guys. I'll be listening all day. Yeah, <laughs> right. right on, Oms. Yeah, you have no choice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey, before we let you go, and before you go on your trip yeah. between Ron's and Mocha, who's your favorite? We gotta go, Mocha. You know, you know, my West Indian bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have fun. Have fun on your... Love you both. Love you, both, though. Love yeah, you too, yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah, take yeah. care. All right, take care, guys. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Finally get... Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus June 8th, and I am so looking forward. I'm so backed up on shows right now, man. To this show. I haven't watched one episode of Kenobi yet. 
Oh, you didn't watch no, it yet? No, oh. I haven't. And then somebody Whoa. wrote me yesterday saying that the the new season of Alive just started as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But I think that I'm going to do Miss Marvel before I do anything else. I saw though. the first two episodes. It's amazing. Yeah, I've heard it's amazing for people yeah. who have seen it. Really amazing. So, hold on. Why haven't you watched Kenobi? We did. We did. Because uh, my kid doesn't like to mix, right? So oh, you like to get through one series Stranger first. Things. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we're going to go on to do uh, Kenobi. Um. So June 8th, Ms. Marvel will hit Disney Plus starring Iman Vellani yep. as Ms. Marvel. And she's so good. I love her. And if you're not familiar with, uh, with Ms. Marvel, the description of the show reads like this. Uh, Ms. Marvel, new original series that introduces Kamala Khan, a Muslim-American teenager growing up in Jersey City, an avid gamer and a ferocious uh, fan fiction scribe. Kamala is a superhero mega fan with an oversized imagination, particularly when it comes to Captain Marvel. Yet Kamala feels like she doesn't fit in at school and sometimes even at home. That is until she gets superpowers uh, powers like the Isn't that always the way she's always looked up to. Isn't that always and the just way? Just based on the preview, the show looks amazing, oh, it looks dope. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Damon Mori uh, was on the red carpet last night for the premiere of Ms. Marvel and talked to Iman Vellani. Ah, Iman, how are you? Maury from the Roz and Mocha Show. Thank you, thank you. Amazing. Okay, congratulations. This could not have happened to a better person. So I am, and I saw it. It's fantastic. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Gotta ask you this. Growing up, we all wished that we had superpowers. In Miss Marvel, Kamala obviously has some superpowers like extending her limbs. But what were the superpowers you dreamed of having when growing up? I wanted telepathy. I, I just need to know what's happening inside Kevin Feige's mind <laughs> at all times and in all the Marvel secrets. So, yeah, that, that would be my go-to. Anything Professor X. I wanted invisibility. Really? I, I, there was also a point where I was like, I need to freeze time because I, I never get enough sleep and I never have enough time to finish math tests and stuff. So now I don't have that problem. But, yeah. <laughs> I will say I am very happy that Dammit Mori did not explain to young Aman Vellani, mm-hmm. why he wants the power of she invisibility. Her, her, because her. you've said so many times on the show for perverted go back, reasons. Go back and listen to her reaction. She doesn't say it, but she, she, what, she, what you hear, like she makes a sound, right? Right? And then what I hear is her going, perv. Because <laughs> she's young. How old is she? 100%. She's a kid, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for not uh, going into the explanation with her, Damon Warren. So is there a Marvel superhero group chat that you can now join? And have you gotten any advice from other Marvel stars on how to handle the fame? No group chats. Oh. Uh, I, I am a part of our cast group chat, but that's on mute. I, I, I really hate group chats. It's constant noise on my phone but um what? no simu Bree, chris pratt they've all been so incredibly supportive and and made themselves very available if i ever had any questions you know marvel's kind of a juggernaut when it comes to press and publicity and it can be really daunting going into all of this so yeah it's 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 nice that the people that are on my bedroom wall are now in my phone book so cool yeah like i would like to think that all the avengers no matter mm-hmm. what yeah. That there is one massive group chat that exists. And anytime a new character gets introduced, they get added. And then everyone's just like so welcoming. No, I don't. There has to be some sort of trial period, though, right? Like how long? Like what's a probation? Is it <sighs> That's okay? A good hold question. On. That's a good okay. question. So is it based on. There's two things you can base it on, right? Mm-hmm. Your probation period to get into the Marvel group chat. 
would it be based on success of that show and or movie, right? Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. would it be based on you as a person on set and the way you like we're treating other castmates and like crew and stuff like that. How you are as a person in real life. No, I, I think it's tears. I think it's like first generation, second generation, mm. third generation, right? Like I'm, I'm more than positive that the originals are all in a group chat together. That Robert Downey Jr. and Captain America, that that guy and yeah. Thor and Hulk, they're all in one. Yeah, they're all in one. Like guaranteed they're you all in Black one. You think Black Widow got kicked out of the group chat though? No, I think Jeremy Renner did. did? <laughs> 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 I think if anybody got kicked out, Hawkeye got kicked out. Oh, no. Uh, this is uh, Damon Mori talking to uh, Ms. Marvel, Iman Vellani. Again, the show premieres on Disney Plus on uh, June 8th. What do you want Marvel fans to take away from this when they see it for the first time i hope they're encouraged and, and motivated by kamala's story to just continue living in fantasy land it's it's a fun place to be and, and thrive in and the show really it goes and appreciates fan culture in a unique way that kind of elevates kamala's story and and you know marvel is their fans and their fans are marvel all those people who are breaking down trailers frame by frame breaking down posters inch by inch you know making fanfic and fan art and cosplays that's marvel and that pride and joy is totally you know displayed in our show in a, in a really wonderful way oh, she's wow. perfect for this yeah she's absolutely. perfect for this and we cannot wait june 8th is when ms marvel will premiere on disney plus the Roz and mocha show podcast podcast Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Roz and Mocha got you. Alexis, it's Roz and Mocha. Why are you reaching out to us today? Because uh, uh, after a recent breakup, I've now developed a fear of commitment. So uh, you wrote us this, Roz and Mocha Fix My Life. Uh, I was in a five-year relationship with someone and it ended two years ago, but I've been struggling to be in a relationship since. Once I get super close to someone to the point where it's about to get serious, I end things back off and eventually ghost them. My family and I were talking about uh, a future together with this guy. And at the time, he was definitely someone I saw as a marital partner. But ever since the breakup, I've just been pestered and pressured into getting into a relationship and settling down. My aunts are actually actively seeking out people to arrange oh, something geez. for me. And it's so frustrating. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got a lot of problems, huh? Tell your hands to stay out of your business. <laughs> yeah, How about why, that? Why is your family so busy? Um, My family is very close. So they're very opinionated, and I don't really know how to talk to a lot of my mom's side. Does this have more to do with the pressure from your family than it does you personally wanting to find somebody? I personally do obviously want to find someone, yeah. but the, I've tried about like five, six times these past two years. And it hasn't worked out for me, and it does suck. What, hap what happened to the, with the relationship that you were in, the five-year relationship? Uh, it was just really toxic, and I I had to leave because it wasn't doing well for my mental health. Did your family know about this? Um, my mom sort of knew. Uh, I gave her, like, glimpses of, like, certain scenarios, but I didn't really talk to the rest of my family about it because it wasn't really their business. I think that you're probably still need to recover from that. If, if you got out of a toxic five-year relationship, jumping back into something, I don't think you should be so hard on yourself thinking How? that you need to act a different way. I think that you're still dealing with what that relationship did to you. How long or how quickly after the five-year relationship ended did you kind of get back into the game? 
Um, I think I waited a good six to seven months before I started dating again. So what is it about these relationships that you're getting into that is making you then want to back off or push them away? Is it that it gets Um, close to to the point where it is serious? Yeah, like, um, usually, usually when the other person tells me how much they really like me and how they want this to move forward into something serious, I sort of, there's like a switch that flips and I Mm -hmm. totally want to back off and I don't know what to do. So I sort of say, sorry, this isn't working for me. And then I stop talking to them. So are you doing this because you don't feel the same way about them that they do about you? I, I genuinely actually don't know. Like there's a few times where I've been really upset afterwards. I've done that, but I don't think personally I've been able to like handle, uh, trying. Is it because you're scared that the same thing may happen in these relationships, these new relationships? That happened in think, the five-year one that so. ended? Yeah. yeah, that one that one affected you, like, big time, right? So every single relationship that you're, you're going to have now moving forward is going to be compared to that. And more importantly, can be compared to how terribly it ended. Yeah. Do you think you're self-sabotaging? Um, sometimes I do, yeah. Are you're, you're either afraid of something or you don't think you deserve something or... I think it's a little bit of both. I think you need to deal with that. Yeah. I think you need to take... Uh, time away from trying to get into any other relationship and figure out what's going on in your head. Yeah. And I I think a part of this is, you you know, you're sort of, you're all on your own because nobody really knew what went on in that relationship. And then so everybody on your family, all the busy ants are like, well, let's just get you someone new and we'll get you married off and it'll be great. And, and, but you, they don't know what you went through and they don't know what you're dealing with. And I think that you need to be honest with them that they need to stop with that and you need to heal. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Start deleting those dating apps. I have. I okay, have good. Because you, yeah. you, you don't need those in your life right now. You need to work on yourself. Yeah. Unless you just want to hook up with somebody, you know? Like, oh, no. there's, there's that too. I don't know. Sometimes nah, I haven't sounds, been able to do that either. Yeah, it sounds oh, yeah. to me like Alexis, like she, you're a relationship person, and this last relationship messed you up big time. And I think that you still need to deal with those, uh, go through the motions of dealing with those emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to talk to your family first, and then let just let them know what's going on. You don't have to tell them everything, but you're gonna keep you're gonna keep ruining things for yourself. And I don't mean that in in a, like a bad way. It's just that's what you do when you self sabotage, right? Um, and, yeah. then you, and then you feel bad afterwards. That's gonna continue to happen until you truly process and get over what that relationship did to you. Yeah, you're right. Thanks so much. All right, girl. Take care. Bye. Bye -bye. Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life on KISS. Hey, did you see Kim Kardashian trying to say that she was actually eating food in that commercial? Oh, from the Beyond Meat? Yeah. So she released a video, or they released a video. I don't know. Um, But uh, so it's all this sort It's just like a bunch of outtakes of Kim Kardashian actually biting the food. So backstory. So Kim Kardashian partnered with Beyond Meat because Mm -hmm. she's their chief taste consultant. I'm not 100% sure what that means. Um, And they shot this commercial, and it's Kim Kardashian. Do you have the original there? I do. I believe so much in the mission of Beyond Meat that I've stepped in to help with my greatest asset, my taste. This plant-based meat is not only amazingly delicious, but it's also better for you and better for the planet. Mm. It's a simple change that makes a really big difference. Okay. So, um, 
myself. And then so throughout the commercial, she was picking up food and it would sort of like you would see her pick it up and then it would cut and then she would be chewing and then she'd pick up something else and it would cut and you would see her chewing. And when you watch the commercial, it was very obvious in the moments that she was chewing, she was not chewing anything. Mm -hmm. And everybody went in on her and in on Beyond Meat. And then they released like a super cut of her actually biting food and chewing food. So this is a little bit of that. I know. Getting rid of some of the carbs. So good. So So she took the top of the bun off the burger, everything else. Now, nobody Mm. is saying that she, those, like nobody's saying that she didn't actually sit there and bite the food. Yeah. Right. That's not the complaint. The complaint is when she is seen chewing in the commercial, she's not actually chewing anything. Right. I'm not saying Kim Kardashian doesn't eat Beyond Meat stuff, and I'm not saying that at some point during that commercial she didn't actually bite something. What I'm saying is that the thing in her hand was not bitten in the commercial, right? right? And the thing, this, there is nothing in her mouth that she's chewing. That was all fake. But this can also be real, that she sat there afterwards and did a whole bunch of takes where she actually bites it. Sure. But in the commercial itself, there's no food in her mouth while she's chewing. Right. Right. It's very obvious. It's completely like, obvious. Okay. Do you remember? Also, I don't care about any of this. <laughs> You're the Clearly one that brought it up. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, no, I just, who brought it up? No, me. I didn't bring it up. Uh, yeah, shut, shut, shut up. Yeah. You know what, Shem? Okay, so just so people know, just, you know, when you watch, okay, you know, when you watch. Okay, stop for a second. Stop for a second. You know when you watch lie more than Maury. Stop it. You know when you watch a courtroom drama, right? And then they're there, and the lawyers there, and like the person's on the witness stand, and they're getting grilled, right? And they're like, "I never said that." And then they go, "Oh, would you like us to chat?" And then they go to the court stenographer, right? Uh And then they read it back because there's somebody in the room that literally sits there and types out everything that everybody says. That's how Amber Turd made it into public record. Right? Shem does that, so we don't need to involve Shem and his notes <laughs> in how we started doing it. We don't need to check the record. Mind your own beeswax okay. over there? Yeah, okay. just mind your beeswax. Okay, you don't have enough to do in there? Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep talking. Give you more to write. The Roz and Mocha Show Podcast. Podcast. For some strange reason, the uh, company that owns the rights to all things Elvis, the licensing company, mm-hmm. has said to all the venues and wedding chapels and places in Vegas to stop. I heard that. So no more Elvis Vegas weddings. No. Because d- isn't that what Courtney and Travis Barker did for their yeah. first of three weddings, I think, that they've had so far? Yeah. So... It says here, the licensing company that controls the name and image of Elvis is ordering uh, Sin City Chapel operators to stop using Elvis in themed ceremonies. Authentic Brands Group sent cease and desist letters in early May to multiple chapels, which are expected to be uh, compliant as of now. Um, In Vegas, the wedding industry generates $2 billion a year. That's billion with a B. Yeah. And officials say Elvis themed weddings represent a significant number 
of these ceremonies performed. That's insane. I wonder why, though. They never said. In this article I'm reading, at least, um, it never said. It just, like, gives a little bit more detail into some of what the letter says, the cease and desist letter. Because that's a big hit because there's a lot of people that specifically go there. And even if it's not a legal sort of real wedding. Sure. It's all part of the a, gimmick, the, the Vegas gimmick, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of people that go there to just do the the Elvis wedding, right? Yeah. Shem. My ex-father-in-law wanted uh, us to do a Vegas Elvis wedding. We no, got married in Vegas. Yeah, and he wanted us to do it. He was really big on that. And I was like, you must be at your damn mind. <laughs> my, 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 my brother and his wife got married in Vegas. Uh-huh. At an Elvis yeah. thing? No, no, because um, Leanna, his, uh, his his wife, has family there, and so uh-huh. they all went down. Uh, we all went down, and Roxy learned, my kid, it's, it's such a funny story, um, my kid learned to crawl on the floor of a Vegas hotel room. Uh-huh. That's the first time she ever crawled. <laughs> <laughs> was on the floor of, uh, of like, a, uh, one of the suites at Bally's. Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh. one of the hotels that's what been there. Hands? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Be- because because this is gets even more gross because in the house that that we that we have we have just like big tile floor everywhere right like sure. limestone floors everywhere in the house and when my kid was a, a baby we were doing a house reno and so anytime she got sort of like into the mood to learn to crawl i would just push her push her butt down oh, no. so right so she wouldn't Not so yet. she wouldn't crawl it's just too dangerous <laughs> right and then if she ever tried the floors were too slippery and she could never get a grip Aww. so the first time we took her the first time uh, when she was in vegas and we were at the hotel i put her on the floor and it was the first time her little knees had ever hit carpet oh Right, Life changing, like game changing, right. and then she was just off to the races as soon as she was on carpet. And then I started realizing what else has been on their knees on that carpet before, <laughs> oh, right? Oh, oh, so <laughs> I was like, This is so gross, but I was so proud. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, get up, keep going, don't do, don't fall, don't fall. Whatever you do, don't let your lips touch don't, carpet. Do not. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. Bras and Mocha's Fix My Life. What advice can you guys give me? Okay, so my question is... My question is... Got a problem you can't fix. Bras and Mocha got you. Casey, what's going on? It's Bras and Mocha. Hey, Bras and Mocha. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What is the dilemma that your family is going through right now? My family and I have been contemplating getting a dog. Yeah, you wrote us this. Razumoka fixed my life. We have a five-year-old daughter who is dying for a companion. She literally pretends to have an imaginary dog and plays with it in the backyard. It breaks my heart. My husband and I both love dogs, but we also love traveling and worried that the dog would limit that aspect of our lives. We've weighed every pro and con and just can't decide uh, when do we know you're truly ready for a dog? Have either of you owned a pet, owned a dog before starting your family or before even getting together? We have. We've owned dogs separately. I okay. had a little cockapoo. He had a great thing. So, you know, yeah. like all the responsibility and the, you know, financials that go into owning a pet, right? Yes. Do you want a dog? I do. We do. But? <laughs> there's so much going on in life right now and and i think we've both been pent up during covid we want to get out we want to travel you know we're still on the younger side so we want to start our own business mm-hmm. um and it, it seems like uh, unpredictable i mean if you can have a- you can do all of that with a kid you can do all of that with a dog mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. But that said, you know, the I have four cats, right? Yeah. I had dogs growing up. We we had dogs. And for me, the idea, because we talked briefly about getting a dog with rocks, right? Yeah. And the for me, the I don't have minutes in my life where in the morning I'm out walking a dog. Right. And in February when it's minus 30 out, do I want to, after dinner, put the leash on the thing and take him for a walk around the... No, I do not want to do that. Uh, at all. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you're, talk, you're talking my life. Yes, I know. We got, we got, Casey, we got two dogs at home. Yeah. One's almost 10. The other one just turned a year old. So yeah. I the love dynamic dogs. in the house, yeah, is I, wild. Like, I love dogs, but I, that, because I know that commitment. I know you yeah. talk to a kid and the kid is like, oh, I'm going to take it out all the time and I'll, I'll treat that. Listen, it's on you, okay? Yeah. It's oh, going it totally to be on is. you. And so for me, as much as I love dogs, okay, like I can go away for the weekend and have somebody come in and throw cat food down for the cats, you know, twice a day, right? That's easy to find. Getting somebody to look after a dog for you is far more difficult to find. And I just don't have it in me to do the legwork that it takes to own a dog. Yeah. That's, 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 that's just me. You brought up like having, you know. The same as having another kid, right? Because yeah. it basically is, Casey. And you know, like having dogs growing up and your husband having a dog growing up as well. It's just another added responsibility. And I think that if you're not at a point in your life right now where you can provide for another living thing in your house to get it fed properly, exercise properly, um, and spend that, that, that quality time with it, then maybe it's not right right now but when do you know it's right like mocha when you got your first dog and then your second when did you know it was time to pull the trigger i just feel like you're never ready you never will be ready both times not ready because i had never had a pet growing up i never had a dog i had no no idea what the responsibility was going to be like jenna grew up with dogs her entire life right dogs and cats actually yeah so i was kind of just following her lead but i for me casey i was in for like the biggest shock when it came to, especially with a puppy, yeah. when it came to uh, bringing one into the house and all the responsibility and the price tag that goes along with it. Because yeah. you got your vet bills, you got your food, you got toys, Bro. you got all all sorts of uh, additional expenses, right? So yeah. it's whether or not you can afford to, to bring a pet into the home as well. You want to get in on this more? No, I'm dialing in to be on FML right now. Okay. Where were you guys before I bought Andy? Bro, uh, we, we had five years of conversations about how you were going to hate holy it. Holy Jesus. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, huh? And our dog only eats expensive meats, like venison. So I was telling Shem, our, like, dog food bill is, like, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Why does your dog, how did your dog get a taste for venison if you didn't give it venison? I don't, we put chicken down and he, like, he, he breathes heavily and walks away. He goes, <laughs> and then walks away. And we put venison down, he'll come down and eat that. This dog is so picky. It's your dog, man. That's because of you. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I'm telling you right now, dogs are amazing, as Mocha was saying. They're awesome. But holy crap, they're a lot of work. Yeah, they're uh, they're a lot of work. Also, why are you? Why is your uh, your five year old uh, so manipulative? <laughs> Very smart. I don't know. She's yeah. She makes me feel really bad about it. Yeah, oh, she no. she um she's hustling you. Yeah, she shouldn't have that kind of power over decisions like this. What what if your daughter was in the backyard pretending that she was driving a Tesla? Would you get a Tesla? <laughs> you know, whatever makes her happy. <laughs> Oh, come on. Now. You know what I mean? 
What are you yeah. doing? What do you? What's your daughter's name? Micah. Micah. What are you doing in the backyard, Micah? I'm at my beach house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm pretending our home is on the ocean. Yeah. I, I, like, stop letting your kid manipulate you. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're going to be okay, Casey. Okay. All right. Guys. Okay. Take it easy. Thank you. <laughs> Roz and Mocha's Fix My Life on Kiss. What did you guys think of that, uh, yeah. that Justin Bieber, Tim Hortons commercial? I, I loved it. His acting was on point. Uh, I only heard it. I didn't more. He didn't send me oh, the actual commercial. You didn't watch the video? No, the, the actual no, commercial? No. He's in the boardroom again. No. Yeah. So uh, Justin Bieber is in the, uh, the Tim Hortons uh, head office boardroom, right? Yeah. And it's completely dark. And he's standing in front of this giant, like, canister. Okay. And then the woman that he co-starred in the last commercial with, I think her name's Pam. Okay. Right? Lights are off. And it's the end of the day, and she's leaving the building, walks by the the boardroom, and notices yeah. Bieber standing there in front of the giant canister in the dark. Right. And she's like, huh? Hello, Pam. Justin, what are you still doing here? Job's not done yet. What do you mean your job's not done yet? I haven't tried the final product. Oh. No, that takes 16 hours for it to steep before it's ready, so we can just, you know, call you back in 15 hours. Yeah, not a chance I let someone put their lips on the Beebs brew before this guy. I'm a stan. Good night, Justin. Don't forget to lock up. Okay. Dream about Timmy's. I will. Love you. <laughs> I love you, too. Okay. I'm glad you said it first. <laughs> now I that one was really way funny. to go. I, uh, you, know, that, you know, even though it's a Justin Bieber collab, yeah. Pam is the is the star of that commercial. You always need a Pam in yeah, these commercials. She's great. Uh, but I did see the French, like I did hear the French one, and less words, way less words, and also um, Justin's. Uh, first of all, he would have done the French commercial the exact same way I would have done the French commercial, which is I just would have said mm-hmm a lot, like but in a, <laughs> but in a French accent, right? Right. Here's how that sounds. Justin, ça va? Ça va. Qu'est-ce que tu fais encore ici? Ah, tu regardes ton propre café infusé à froid en train d'être infusé. Hein? Mm-hmm. Tu peux pas attendre qu'il soit prêt. Tu sais que ça infuse pendant 16 heures, cette affaire-là. Hein? Mm-hmm. Ah, tu vas être le premier à écouter, <rire> c'est ça? Mm-hmm. Bon, ben, tu veux dormir ici? Oui. OK. Tiens. Merci. Bonne nuit. Bonne nuit. J'aime vraiment ça, le team. À demain. Ah, à demain? Yeah, so yeah. just like quick Wait. one words. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oui. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Bonne nuit. <laughs> Merci. Bonne nuit. Uh, yeah, he he played that it's the exact same way that I would have played that. Any of us, really? Yeah. Um, they sent me. They wanted me to go and try that. I'm brew. doing that tomorrow. Are you, do, you Are doing you? that tomorrow? I was gonna tell. I was gonna write them back and say, Nah, I can't go, but I'll send Maury. I'm so, going at one o'clock. You're gonna go? I already. Okay, repl- I replied. Oh, you said, did? Yeah. Okay, then I, I don't need to. No, I just said I can't. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy I've, to. I figured Dan and Maury would yeah. go. Anyway. I mean, I, I mean, I don't even like like iced coffee. I'm having one right now. Literally. Are you really? Yeah. The Tim's one? No, no Starbucks one. Because <sighs> they put chocolate in theirs. Tabernak. There is competition right there. Yeah, you have to. Merci, Bunui. Should have just said. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Um, what did I start watching last night? A new Heartstopper? show. Heartstopper? No, I'm not going to watch Heartstopper more. Because what about I that? Was it, it? alone? <laughs> you start. Uh, that? No, I have so much. I'm trying to remember what I started watching last night. I don't remember. Um, but no, I haven't started watching Obi-Wan yet. Mm-hmm. How come? Uh, I don't know. I got to wrangle my my kid into it. She's oh. watching other stuff. 
Stranger Things? Did she finish? We finished, yeah, we finished Stranger Things, uh-huh. and... She would love Hotstopper. Nah, she's not... She's, believe me, when she has free time more, you know what she watches? House. Really? Yeah. House? Remember the show with the doctor? Yeah. Like Gregory House, who's like a pill popper. He's like uh-huh. addicted to Vicodin, and he's super mean and like the comments on... and stuff, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's her favorite show right now. Really? Yeah, so she's wow. watched, she watches like House all the time. How did that show make it into her... Into her universe. She like like it's it's weird with kids now, and we've talked about this. We've talked about this before, which is kids now. Their mind when they were when they watch television, their mind works differently than what ours did when when we were sort of like ten, eleven, and twelve. Which is they are all about the mystery, the surprise ending, the twist, because everything they consume has that because that's how stories are told now. And when we were growing up. Movies didn't really, like, if a movie had a twist, it was seen as a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And when Catherine and Roxy were watching The Sixth Sense, Roxy's 12, and 15 minutes into the movie, she's like, oh, he's dead. Figured it out. Spoiler alert. Immediately figured it out. And Catherine paused the movie, and she was like, you know that, like, adults didn't get this, right? And this was, like, the biggest twist in, like, all of our lives in mm-hmm. movies. But now, because of that, every single story has a twist. Every single story has sure. a mystery. And so she loves figuring things out. She loves watching a show, and, like, she calls it as she's going. It's this Man. guy. It's this thing. This is what they're doing. And when you watch House, yeah. it's all that, right? It's all trying to figure out what the problem is, getting it wrong, figuring out what the mystery is, what the hook and so when she watches house it's perfect for like a 12 year old who loves that kind of stuff because every episode is the same at right? what age because she's 12 now at yeah. what age did she switch from like watching like kitty like animated stuff yeah right whether it's a tv show movie whatever to real people real people so very early she um she finished with animated stuff and then and then she went over to real people stuff like she was watching odd squad mm-hmm. um, oh my, God, my kid loves that show odd squad is great yeah. odd squad is so wonderful so she watched odd squad and then there was a couple other sort of like kid detective shows um dino dan dino dinosaur dan or one okay. of those shows Dino Dan, something to the rescue. I don't know, what, yeah. whatever that was. But she never went down the, the the real people. Like, she didn't do Sesame Street and all that stuff. Okay. She went from cartoons to, like, young adult sort of real people, so real Cruz, people shows. So, he prefers the animated stuff, right? Yeah. And he does watch things like Odd Squad on Netflix because yeah. they got the whole series there. Do they? Yeah, it's a great yeah. show. And he watches, he does every now and then he'll watch Sesame Street. Um, I think it might be a little too young for him now, though, because he's five. Yeah. Um, and, and there are, like, mixed animated real people stuff he watched like the smurfs movie with uh, neil patrick harris yeah like he loves watching those but i was thinking like because there's one cartoon he watches on disney jr spidey and his and his amazing friends because he loves spider-man right right and i tried showing him the toby Maguire spider-man yeah but he wasn't into it at all right and i'm trying to figure out if he would like ms marvel because in the cartoon spidey and his amazing friends ms marvel is a character on that show, and he loves her. So I'm it's like, too young. Is he gonna enjoy no, the Disney no, Plus show? No, no, he just he he'll it's it's the colors and the sounds he'll like, but he won't get the themes yeah. at all. Like what changed for us with Rocks was when we showed her um, Night at the Museum. 
Oh, oh, that, good that's, one. Maybe that, that's that one the movie on. that put that turned her on to movies. Yeah, was night was night at the museum, and then right after night at the museum, we showed her Jumanji, the first one with Robin Williams. Oh, good one. And so those two that. those two movies yeah. we watched like multiple times per week as a family. Really? Those were her first two movies because kids get them. Yeah. They understand Jumanji because it's a game come to life. So all the themes in Jumanji, they understand. Yeah. Night at the Museum, kids know, a five-year-old knows what a museum is. Of course. And it's a museum come to life. Yeah. Right? So those two movies, the themes, a five-year-old oh, will, under- will understand those two themes you know in a movie. I think I'm going to try those off. Yeah. Maury, stop with the heart stopper, man. You'll thank no, me. because now I sound like I'm anti Heartstopper. I'm just not interested in that show right now. But you have no reason why. I mean, I'm not interested. I don't want to watch like I don't want to like, watch dude. a touching thing. I'm in the middle of like murder and Stranger Things, and the boys is starting soon. Where like people oh, are yeah. blowing up because they crawl into other people. Despicable. It's like despicable. Like that's what I want to. Oh, stop it. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Hey, Mocha. Yeah. You ready? Been ready. Oh, my God. For God's <laughs> sake. Let's do the news. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. News break. Uh, so after it was all said and done, after Memorial Day weekend, uh, Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick broke a 15-year Memorial Day box office record uh, previously held by... In 2007, 2007. So Tom Cruise, uh, $156 million over Memorial Day weekend. Would it be like um, like a, one of the Iron Man movies? Nope. No. Would it be like a cat? Uh, would it be any Marvel movie? No. Oh. No. Can I take a crack at it? Yes, Shem. Uh, Independence Day, Will Smith. Incorrect. Devil Wears Prada. Incorrect. 2007. That's when Devil Wears no, Prada I'll... came out. I know, but Shem, Independence Day. Independence Day oh. came out way before that. Way before? Oh. Like, when did you, when do you think Independence Day came out? 2007. Google it right oh, now. Google it right now. Oh, Google man, it right now. He's like 90s, bro. bro. Late 90s. I bet you're 10 years off. I bet you're, uh, oh, wait, before you're you say right. anything, oh. I'm going to say 96. Is it 96? Oh. 96. 96, yeah. <laughs> Is the movie okay. a rom-com? No, it was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, at World's End, oh. which did $153 million. I'm just going through this thread right now of all the uh, people talking uh, how dudes are crying at the end of, uh, of Top Gun and all really? throughout Top Gun. Because Glenn Powell tweeted, Top Gun Maverick should be a safe place for man tears. Um, and then somebody else uh, tweeted, shout out to the guy next to me whose girlfriend made fun of him for crying at the end of Top Gun. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Don't make, listen, you, you, all you, everybody just complains that men don't show emotion. And then when we do, uh, we get laughed at. That's yeah. why we don't, right? Anyway, a lot of people crying at Top Gun. I don't know if I'm ready for that, to be honest with you. You want to go together, just me and you? No. Matinee show. Matinee show. No. No, I don't want to go to the movie drive in, all of us, guys. the whole show. No, the whole show at the drive in. No. What are we going to rent a van? No, <laughs> Shem will drive, like, no. you know, in, the, in his shirtless car. No, I'm not. I'm not going to the drive in with you. I couldn't. There's, like, I, I would never go to the drive in with you. Mm. Why would you say never? Because I never would go to the drive in with you. Okay, fine. Mocha yeah. and I. They could make a movie of, like, your life, Maury. Oh, and it could be your wow. dream in the movie, like, built into the plot of the movie. Like, there's two actors playing me and you in the movie where they have a conversation of, if my life ever becomes a movie, would you go to the drive-in with me? And even if I say yes in that movie because of plot, I would still say no to going to that movie with you. This show should be a safe place. <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> people crying at the end of uh, Top Gun. People crying at the end of the news. <laughs> it's not good. 
The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Going for a 10-minute power walk, they say, could add years to your life. Hey. A recent study of nearly 5,000 older adults. Roz. Shut up, man. Uh, found that uh, deaths fell as physical activity increased. The study says that 10 minutes of physical activity each day resulted in an estimated 111,000 preventable deaths last year alone. Mm. So a 10-minute power walk a day, and then if you do 15 or 20, those numbers go up to 209,000 or 367,000. Isn't it safer to also just lie down? Safer? That's literally the worst thing you can do. not talking about safety here. Maury. Because, like, I'm afraid of going for a power walk and having a heart attack. No. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, in this heat, uh, but I will say this: the more though you like the you live the the worst two things you can do for your body, which is eat chips while lying down. Those two things right there mm-hmm. are, are going to take years and, off your life. And ironically, you already did that today. <laughs> Only an hour and a half into the show. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, hey, this is interesting. If you've noticed that the, the trash bins all around the city are looking a little banged up, yeah, because you're absolutely right, and. The bins aren't actually maintained by the city. This is what I'm finding out now. So the 10,000 plus trash bins are installed and maintained by a company called Astral Out of Home, whatever that is. Okay. Um, though the city is responsible for collecting the waste. And Councillor um, Mike Cole, uh, who brought the issue forward, says that he's never seen bins in such bad condition. And the city says that Astral is supposed to clean and inspect the garbage bins once a week and twice a week in a business improvement area. And the company is also supposed to make repairs within 48 hours of being notified. Now, so here's my thing, though. If one person is in charge of maintaining the bins, right? One person is in charge of collecting trash out of those bins. Yes. Okay. And then so the, the, the people who are in charge of collecting trash, the city, mm-hmm. are blaming it on the people whose job it is to maintain those bins. Mm-hmm. However, it's not the people who maintain those bins who are absolutely destroying my bin every single week. It's the people who collect. Mm-hmm. I think if, like, you broke it, you fix it. I'm sure they don't see it that way. But I'm not breaking my garbage bin. The people who inspect my garbage bin aren't mm-hmm. the ones breaking my garbage bin. The people breaking my garbage bin it's are not, the people wait, who collect your, the garbage. It's not your garbage bin. Aren't they talking about the city bins, the ones that are on the side of the road? No, he's ta- Ross is talking about the person whose job it is to go and empty those bins. Right, but yes. this story They're is the, about that, the ones but on the road. I know, but the, people, but the people who are breaking it, it doesn't matter. The people who are breaking it are the people who are collecting it, mm-hmm. not the people who are maintaining it. Mm-hmm. Like my bin at home. Well, it's a group project. But I know, but then you're blaming the wrong person, though. If I'm in charge of something, and, and, and if I'm in charge of, like, maintaining something, but somebody else keeps breaking the thing that I'm in charge of maintaining, at some point I'm going to be like, bro, stop breaking that. But then they're just going to come back to you and say, it wasn't me. This is why Astral stopped doing it. I right? know. They're going to say, how do you know it was me? Bro, I have, I have somebody on my street. I feel so bad. for. So when I drive by, okay, down the street, yeah. their blue bin <laughs> sits at the side of their house. Yeah. During the week, the lid for the blue bin is jammed in sideways in the blue bin. Oh, no. Okay? Oh, the and then, yeah, and then as it fills <laughs> up, they take the lid yeah. and they just place it on top of the blue bin. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm the worst. Some people just the, have the worst lock the, it's ever. It's the worst. It's the worst. My lock on my green bin hasn't worked in years. Yeah. Years. 
and everybody throws their dog poop in it, which I think should be a crime. Oh, oh. I'm guilty of that. You put your dog poop in somebody you know, else's green bin? That does the not bro. surprise no, me. That allow me, surprise allow me, me to explain. So the city bins are never emptied, so it's overflowing with poo. Yeah. yeah. So I'm holding the poo. Yeah. What yeah. I, I, I don't want it in my hand for much longer. So if It's your poo, though. I know, but then now I'm going to put it in the nearest bin I no, see. No, that's why you have so many pockets in those cargo shorts you wear. I'm not putting poo <laughs> in the pocket. Well, that's your poo. But the poo does not go in the pocket. But it doesn't go in my bin. Yeah, I think that that's rude. You, well, you know, unfortunately, your bin's the closest thing. No, but it's my no. bin. But don't, isn't then there like lock a, it. Uh, up the street from your condo, isn't there a dog park? Yes, but that's where the the garbage, um, the the trash cans are overflowing onto the onto but the. But aren't road. there other trash bins like in and around? Yeah, like two blocks away. Oh my god, two blocks! No, You're man, such that's, a lazy that goes bastard. in the pocket. You bring that home. You bring huh. that home. Yeah, what? why don't you just bring it home and just toss it in the trash, like in the parking lot? It would have to go down the chute, and okay. then now and now the poo is in the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Your building. Your, your poo, your building. Your pockets, your poo. Your dog, your poo. There's no there's, there's a million different ways we can say this. Bring the poo home. Do not put the poo in my green bin. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Then just lock your green bin. Lock my green God, it's always Zaza. So speaking in tongues. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk about Stranger Things if you are oh, not uh, yet yes. at episode five of your muffs, okay? Uh, and oh, the only come reason, on, dude. I'm not at episode five yet. The only reason we're talking about Stranger Things is because the cast is talking about Stranger Things, and this is all out there, big news right now. Um, and the question is whether Noah Schnapp's character, Mike, mm-hmm. um, is gay. And because there was a scene in episode five where... No, Will. So, Will. Where Will is talking to um, Mike, and Mike is talking about the difficulties of telling um, Eleven how he feels about her. And then Will says this to Mike. Sometimes I think it's just scary to open up like that. To say how you really feel. Especially to people you care about the most. Because what if... What if they don't like the truth? So the, in one interview, they talked to um, Noah Schnapp and Millie Bobby Brown. And uh, Noah says this, I feel like they never really address it or blatantly say how Will is. He goes on to say, I think that that's the beauty of it, that it's just up to the audience's interpretation. If it's Will's kind of just refusing to grow up and growing up slower than his friends, or if he's really gay, and then he adds, he's just confused and growing up, and that's what it is to be a kid. And then Millie Bobby Brown says, uh, can I just say that it's 2022 and we don't have to label things? She goes on to say, uh, I think it's really nice about Will's character is that he's a human being going through his own personal demons and issues. So many kids out there uh, don't know, and that's okay. That's It's okay to not know, and that's okay to not label things, which is all good. But then Finn Wolfhard in another interview. Mike says this. Yeah, I think that if you find out slowly through the season, um, Will's kind of love towards Mike, and I think it's a real beautiful thing. (laughs) And he goes on to say, without getting uh, into where we go later in season four, 
I'll just say that there aren't many accidents on Stranger Things. Uh. There is clear intention and strategy and real thought given to each and every character. So if you come away from volume one uh, feeling those seeing, sorry, feeling those breadcrumbs of plot and character, it's probably not an accident. <laughs> Can I just I, say I though, got those vibes from and this isn't a spoiler because it was back in season three. I got those vibes from his character. Right. Later in season three, I was like, I right. think that they are setting it up for Yeah. For his character to go down it's that path. Super cute. And I, I just, agree I do agree with Millie Bobby Brown, but it's super cute. Yeah, no, it is. But it's also okay to say you're gay though. That's the that's the totally. other part about this. I understand the it's twenty twenty two. I think we she was to trying to be things. like a proper answer. Yes, blah, but blah, it's blah. also helpful to label things. Mm-hmm. Especially I, I in feel, the plot of a show. Right. But I, I love Finn Wolfhart. Yeah, it's not an accident. <laughs> everybody everybody else, why do we have to do that? Finn Wolfhart. Yeah, no, he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's so funny to me. Uh but anyway, so that is what is going on. Um on Stranger Things. Are you not finished the uh are you not finished the the series yet, Moko? No, I still have episodes 5, 6, six and 7 to go. Oof. Can you do it tonight? That's a lot. Bro, those episodes are hour and a half long. Yeah, so can you stay up late yeah, tonight? That's no, a lot. Man. That's a lot. We watched the final one last night. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I watched the no whole spoilers. thing in one sitting. I know, but did you, you got really? you have Maury, that's like yeah, but Bro. I did it on a weekend. What else I got to do? That's like tw- I know you like literally 12 have, hours you have or nothing like to do. Nine hours? Yeah, I started like when Matthew was still sleeping, and I kept going. You're Does he not life, watch it I with swear, you? Man. What's that? He not, doesn't watch that with you? No, he's no interest. It's not a. It's not a couple. It's not show? a Sherzy show. Hold on a second. So you spent an entire weekend, and you spent twelve hours without interacting with your husband whatsoever? Yeah, like every day. <laughs> Jeez, that's what love looks like. So right what did what did Matt like? I assume Matthew at he some must point love it. It gets Maury out of his hair. Yeah, but he like Matthew it. got up at some point, and you were still sitting on the couch watching. Right? Yeah, and he went to the computer, and uh-huh. he the it's perfect because he's busy working right now on his like yearly event. So I was able to just continue my day watching the show but while he was. Did you guys like talk at all throughout the day? Yeah, like in between, I'll pause and I'll go and I'll be like, "Hey," and he'll be like, "Hey," and then I'll go back and watch another one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. hey. <laughs> So great. Matthew was probably so excited for Stranger Things, even though Matthew has no interest in watching Stranger yeah. Things. Gets you, uh, puts you on the yeah, couch. Twelve hours where he knows where you are and yeah. what you're and what you're doing, and more importantly, what you're not doing. Yeah, um, did he's you, over there. Did you guys not like take the dog out or anything? Yeah, and then I went back and finished watching. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Kanye West has lost another lawyer in his divorce case with uh, Kim Kardashian. As for the reason, uh, Samantha Spector said that was the lawyer. There has been an irreconcilable breakdown in the attorney-client relationship, leading her to file a motion to step away from the couple's ongoing divorce proceedings. Uh, Kanye has told his lawyers that he wants a more formal custody agreement with Kim. The two currently have nothing formal in place, but Kim uh, has the kids, and Kanye is allowed to see them whenever he wants. Uh, Within reason, Kanye feels that he's not being uh, he's not getting out of time with the children and if his lawyer can't work something out with Kim uh, they will go to court so uh, he lost another lawyer he's losing a lot yes. of lawyers in, uh, in all of this the Roz and Mocha Show podcast, podcast. Uh, oh let's do Jesse J real quick uh, yeah. Maury talk me through who um, Joe Locke is so Joe Locke plays Charlie on, on Heartstopper one of my absolute favorite shows I watch it three times so Charlie helps Nick Nick is like the star of the soccer team 
come out because, you know, Nick is like popular and not comfortable, but he has a crush on Charlie. So Charlie's there for him. And it's such a cute show. Where, where is the show on? It's on Netflix. Okay. They, like should, a, they should hook Charlie up with Will from Netflix. I know. Charlie needs going, to help he's, Will. He's going through some stuff. Crossover. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, so what happened? Jesse J was doing a show and and, uh, and Joe Locke, a.k.a. Charlie from Heartstopper, was in the audience? Was in the audience and Jesse J like gotcha, saw him and thanked gotcha, him. Gotcha, gotcha. Here we go. Show. It just gets really up-tempo and intense. I just have to say thank you. You won't understand why. But you are a wonderful person and you're helping someone really close to me get through a really tough time. So thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, that's real nice. So did everybody, did everybody know he was there already or did she just sort of point him out? She pointed him out, he to, waved. But yeah. just even looking at him, he's just such a cute, innocent guy. It's just awesome. I love the show. So it, what is, what's, his, uh, what's his deal? Is he, is he gay in real life? He is, but the not thing... That, not so that, that matters, this is his first, but... The cool thing is this is his first ever role. Like really? he auditioned for this and became the star of this show, never acted before. That's so and wild. And his character is just awesome. All these straight guys are just on the show are drawn to him. Yeah. And he finally says, you know what, I'm... Uh, like you can't keep hiding who you are and just come to me when you want to make out or whatever. Like if you're, it's, it's not fair to me. And I think a lot of people watching this are, are getting comfortable with who they are through Charlie. Right. Do you see yourself that way? Because all the people that just are all over you all the time. Are? I, I saw, I looked yeah. at this going, all the straight guys just kept running to me. Look at Locust's face. <laughs> Every single waking minute of your life. is just lies. Huh? At least I'm consistent. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So more details on that Winnie the Pooh slasher movie. Uh, when we first heard about this, it's called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. <laughs> and when we first heard about this, everybody's like, is this real? Is it like some sort of fan fiction? Is it actually happening? And the answers to all those is like, yes, yes, and yes. Oh. So it's a live action. And it's so like the Winnie the Pooh and Piglet characters, um, the story is that when Christopher Robin goes off to college, he leaves Pooh and Piglet uh, to fend for themselves and they run out of food. And so they revert to being feral hunters and they eat Eeyore to stay alive. And then they go on a killing rampage where they stumble across a cabin in the woods where there's a bunch of college co-eds there. And I guess they slaughter them all. Mm -hmm. uh, but Piglet and, e uh, Piglet and Pooh in the movie are like guys in suits, like they're full size, human size like Winnie the Pooh and and Piglet has big giant tusks coming up and like t oh, like everything gross. else. And so it is a slasher film. And when we first had this conversation, we were like, how can anybody do this? Like, mm -hmm. how can you just take Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and stick them in a slasher film and not get your ass sued off? Like, how is this movie even going to be released? Yeah. And then it turns out that just this past January is when A.A. A. Milne's original story of Winnie the Pooh hit public domain, which oh. means now anybody can do anything, anything with those characters. Damn. And when I mean anything, I mean like anything. anything. Oh, no. And you can call them that and you can like, there's, it's like, it's up for grabs now, man. Wow. This happens to like everything after a hundred years, I think. Yeah, there was a, cause there, I think there was a horror like version. Like happy birthday uh, too. There was a horror version of uh, Wizard of Oz, I think. Oh, really? And then oh. there was, yeah, people have done all sorts of stuff and like all the Alice in Wonderland um, sort of parodies that have been out sure. there. Both R and X rated. Uh -huh. Um, if you know what I'm saying. No. So, 
<laughs> anyway, so that's how that's how it happened. <laughs> that's how we got uh, 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 Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. In case you're wondering, the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Lavar Burton doing an interview. If you remember, Lavar Burton was part of that mix, and it, it was really fan generated that got him on the uh, um, podium on Jeopardy to audition for the show when that whole thing was going on. And then you realize that after the fact, it was always going to be um, Mike Richards, the executive producer, mm-hmm. and Ken Jennings, and that everybody that they brought in, it was really, it was just for show. It was a yeah. ratings grab. It was a stunt. I mean, but you had Aaron Rodgers legitimately talking about quitting football if right. if they gave him the job. And that's like a big thing. And I remember when uh, LeVar Burton's name was brought into the mix, a lot, majority of people thought that he was like, he had the job. He ha- but but when they saw the show, they realized he wasn't and then they realized good it, at it, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, which sucks because I think I'm, I'm with you in that uh, LeVar Burton, you know, sort of made sense to step into that role. Uh, but this is LeVar Burton talking about what that process was like and then realizing that it was just all for naught. It was my favorite game show. Mm-hmm. It really was. I mean, I, I, I watched that show since I was in the third grade and Art Fleming was the host. And I honestly thought that I, I was well suited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, as it turns out, it really wasn't a competition. After all, the fix was in. Experiencing a very public defeat, humiliation, if you will, was sobering. And what I learned from the experience, really, is that it reinforced my belief that everything happens for a reason. Even if you cannot discern the reason in the moment, in the fullness of time, everything will be revealed. And like I said, it was, I think, in that first week of of feeling really sort of um, not just disappointed, but wrecked. (laughs) I, I, I I didn't expect that I would not be their choice have any Hmm. of the other guest hosts come out and said anything like how they felt about being i don't want to say used but being used for the promotion of Jeopardy during I th- that time? I, I think maybe, well, maybe no, because they would have, if they're going to tell anybody, they would have told Aaron Rodgers because he's got a lot going on. He's a big star. Like Anderson but, Cooper never but, came out and said anything? Because I'm, because I'm wondering if, I'm wondering if somebody like Anderson Cooper, and Ander, like Anderson Cooper has agents and an organization that LeVar Burton does not. Mm. And if somebody did know that there was no sort of chance and they just were doing this for stunt and whatever it was, somebody like Anderson Cooper would have been told that. Yeah. Guaranteed, and then and maybe, doesn't, he doesn't say, and, and he's not, and he's not yeah. gonna, and he's not gonna say anything. But Lavar Burton was there because fans called for it. Like Lavar sure. Burton wasn't even on the regular list. He gave into the hype. He did. He right. did. But yeah, but that's a good but question I, whether I guess, whether they were told or not because I don't know. I don't I think, know if they were unless they really did believe that it could have been Lavar, and then they saw him do it and realized this can't mm. be. It was never going to be Lavar Burton though, because like he was not good at it. But it was always going to be Mike Richards. Yeah. It's not like Mike Richards sat there and watched everybody and went, oh, yeah, no, there's nobody better than me. It was always going to be him because most of the people were better than and Mike Richards. And look now, with Maya Bialik, she's amazing. You like her? I, I like her more than Ken Jennings. Yes, really. Yeah, I don't think, I think Ken, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's taking, she loves it. She's taking it very seriously. Yeah, because Ken Jennings is just not likable, mm-hmm. right? Like he's just, he's, he's like, just, he's, he's a robot. He's likable as a contestant. Mm-hmm. But the thing is right? with Ken Jennings is when somebody gets an answer wrong, he makes it known how much he already knew the answer. Oh, and I think that's one of those. Okay. He's like, oh, well, of course it was blah, blah, blah. Like, how did you not know that? Oh, he says, of course. What? Yeah, he says, of course. What a and jerk. It's just, 
Whereas my Bialik is, is That's light not in and the fun. spirit of the game. No, it's <laughs> not. A Je- Jeopardy is only supposed to make the people who watch on television feel and dumb. And then he adds more to it. Well, that was in 1965. Oh, is facing like a ton of hate and so much of it has been racist. So she plays Reva um, in the show. Who's a Jedi hunter from, from what I believe from what I believe. And she posted a bunch of the DMS that she's been getting and we'll get to, to that sort of thing in a second. But uh, star Wars came right out um, and defended her and stuck up for her. Uh, And they'd said there are more than 20 million sentient species in the star Wars galaxy. Don't choose to be racist. Uh, We are proud to welcome Moses Ingram to the star Wars family and excited for Reva's story to unfold. If anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome, we have only one thing to say. We resist. And then, uh, and then Moses herself uh, went on social media to talk about this, and this is what she had to say. I think the thing that bothers me, which no one has told me, but this feeling of, like, I just got to shut up and take it. And I'm not built like that. So <laughs> I really just wanted to come on and say thank you to the people who show up for me in the comments and the places that I'm not going to put myself to the rest of y'all. Y'all weird. And uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi star Ewan McGregor um, released a video, I think it was like 6 p.m. last night, uh, talking about this. This weekend, Star Wars fans made uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi the most watched Disney Plus original series premiere of all time. Wow. And for that, I would say a big thank you. And uh, it just goes to show what this family can do when we all pull together. However, um, It seems that some of the fan base from this influential fan base have decided to attack Moses Ingram online and send her the most horrendous racist DMs. And I heard some of them this morning and it just broke my heart. Moses is a brilliant actor. She's a brilliant woman. And she's absolutely amazing in this series. She brings so much to the series. She brings so much to the franchise. And it just sickened me to my stomach to hear that this had been happening. I just want to say, as the leading actor in the series, as the executive producer in the series, that we stand with Moses. We love Moses. And if you're sending her bullying messages, you're no Star Wars fan in my mind. There's no place for racism in this world. And uh, I totally stand with Moses. You know what's so crazy? What's that? Like, okay, I understand racism, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And why it exists mm-hmm. because people have hate. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. At the same time, I don't understand racism mm-hmm. for something like this. When you watch a show, and then to automatically think to yourself, "I'm going to start DMing this person." Same thing that happened with John Boyega when just the trailer for Force Awakens came out. Black Stormtrooper, right? Yeah, I, well, I don't. I don't get like how someone can watch this the show or any of the movies or anything like that and be like, I have a problem with that and I'm going to make it be known to that that person. I just, it's, it's, okay. it's crazy. So Star Wars is, oh God, it's, it's so messy. So what you have is you have Star Wars fans who want to have conversations about Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. And then you have um, Star Wars fans who are racist. Then you have trolls who could care less about Star Wars, but they love this, mm-hmm. right? They love this. And so you have those three things. And so with something like with something like Star Wars, um, 
first of all, if if you are a fan of Star Wars and you are only now realizing that Star Wars has black people in it, then you're not a fan of Star Wars. Yeah. Because Mace Windu and uh, Lando Calrissian were, are two of the most legendary characters oh, in Star oh. Wars. The voice of Darth Vader is James Earl Jones. Okay, yeah. so like you 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 can't just suddenly. That's why a lot of this is surprising to me when they say the Star Wars fans, because I think that if for a, most Star Wars fans, you get lumped in, and and I know that it's difficult. So. Is I don't know this character. Is a lot of this conversation based on the fact that the character in the comics or the character in the um, uh, sort of graphic novels and everything else was a white character, and that's what they're objecting? Like I don't know where the racism comes from. See, that I don't know. I, like I don't. I don't know if her character is black in the comics or the books or anything. Because like sometimes that. you get that, and sure. then you're like, just deal with it, okay? But it's, she's just it's just progress. It's just casting at that point. She's sure. great at what she does, and then and you, she does, she is amazing. And then this, you have the, the trolls, troll. yeah, who love to just drag everybody down, and they love to cause chaos. And so it's, I'm and it's, it's an, and it's anarchy. But they're still racist, yeah. okay? I'm not saying that they're not racist. I'm not saying that they don't sure. care. It is 100% still unacceptably um, racist. And why anybody would choose to pick up a phone and write that to another human being, I will never understand yeah. in my entire life. But the problem that you have then with talking about Star Wars as a fan of Star Wars is that you can no longer have those conversations with other fans because those trolls will find you as well. Yeah. So what winds up happening is like Kelly Marie Tran, right, from the new the new movies. Mm. Um, I love Kelly Marie Tran. I think she is a wonderful person. I hated that character. It was one of the worst introductions to a character in a Star Wars movie ever. And the finale that they gave her in the final scene, everything else, I didn't like it. But that's something that you can't say because then what's going to happen is I will then get dragged, then become the part of the conversation where people are dragging Kelly Marie Tran. And at that point, it doesn't matter why I'm dragging Kelly Marie Tran. I'm now part of the problem. That's why I don't discuss those things. Sure. Because that world is full of horrible people yeah. who, only exist, so who only exist to say, awful things that are wildly hurtful, right? And I remember the John Boyega stuff because in my world, when I grew up, all the stormtroopers were clones, mm -hmm. right? That's the only where I was like, oh, I guess maybe are they all black then? Like, I didn't know. Like, it was just questions sure. that I was asking because in my world, I just always thought stormtroopers are clones. But then other people are like, you can't. I, and, they, and it just becomes gross and racist, yeah. right? And and the, the, and, and, and the, the, those people, they come out and they take over and they deliberately just try to destroy. And they try to destroy people and they try to destroy Star Wars. And it's gross. It's yeah. gross. And even for somebody like, oh my God, like Star Wars has been on the air for a week now. Ewan McGregor, the star of the show, he's been Obi-Wan Kenobi for like half the guy's life. He's executive producer of the show. And he's sitting in his car doing a message, trying to support a cast member who's being attacked by race. Who wants to do that? I know. Who wants to do that, right? Nobody wants to yeah, do that. Yeah, but Moses Ingram, she's incredible. But it's, 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 in fair, this, it's fairly unique to Star Wars, though. Like, yeah. you don't get this with other things. Yeah, I actually think it's I think it's a superhero thing, honestly. Um, and, and it's sort of living in that same world, right? I mean, yeah. you look at what, what happened when Black Panther came out, right? Initially. Uh, there was a lot of people who were like, what the hell, black superheroes? Well, black superheroes, that's a weird space. I think people are not used to seeing people of color. I'm not excusing it, of course. Uh, in that space. You know what I mean? Ex uh, despite the legendary I don't know. Star I Wars characters that, that you speak of, like Lando and, and all that stuff. I, I think people are not used to seeing 
specifically black people I don't, in those spaces. I think that the people who live in those spaces are very used to it, though. I think that it's the people who set fire to everything are the ones Just that come out and say that. Just for the sake of doing it. It. Was, it was the same thing when people criticized um, Captain Marvel. Right. The conversation then became you fanboys can't handle, you know, having a woman as a superhero. And I was like, hold on here. I may not be the biggest fan of Captain Marvel, but my two favorite characters from sci fi in history, like I would say top five are Ripley from Aliens Mm. and Sarah Connor from Terminator. Mm, Like you can't you can't tell me that I don't accept that when I do. I just didn't like the character. Right. And I think that you just like so many messages that you you can't have a rational conversation anymore because then what happens is you then are part of this massive mob of people who only want to destroy people and that's what she's going through that's what the ingram's going through and it's so incredibly devastatingly sad well if you are a big fan um continue with the fandom because a new episode of obi-wan is streaming on disney plus right now the Roz and mocha show podcast podcast so matthew morrison was fired last week as a judge on so you think you can dance after a quote inappropriate relationship with a female contestant um The contestant spoke with producers because I guess Matthew Morrison reached out through her DMs on social media, noting that nothing inappropriate happened physically between them and they never actually met up. But I guess like he saw her audition for the show and then started DMing her some pretty inappropriate stuff. And then she felt uncomfortable and brought those DMs to the executives of the show who then brought it to the executives at Fox. And uh, and he was fired after their uh, quick, very quick investigation. This, of course, 11 months after he welcomed uh, a second child with his wife of seven years. So what you'll, a disaster. What always, are you doing? You'll always get exposed no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you're doing something wrong in the DMs like that. Yeah. You're always going to get exposed. But aside from the life stuff, though, like you're you're judging a competition show like you can't reach out like you can't even reach out to the contestants to say hey i really think you're great i hope you do well like you can't even do that as a judge because that's still showing some sort of favoritism yes yes like there's there's the 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 sort of life rules that you don't do but then there's also like just the job rules that you don't do and then uh, everybody was uh jojo siwa tweeted that um you know hey i hear there's an opening as a judge for so you think you could dance and then everybody went in on jojo siwa being like what do you know about dancing for what? and jojo siwa is like what she do you mean what do I she was a kid hey, thank you right like she had to explain to people her dance record did people not know who she was no they knew who, who she, she was they oh. just thought that I, she wasn't like didn't have the chops for it oh. and she's like listen i've hired thousands of dancers i've done like 16 videos with like massive choreography and i was on, on i was on the stars she's yeah she's like i came in second on dancing with the stars yeah. like her entire empire like if not me the then who on the fact that she was a great dancer yeah yeah so anyway so there's that the Roz and mocha show podcast podcast uh liam Payne coming under fire for some of the comments that he's made about uh two of his former one direction members he was doing the um the logan paul podcast impulsive is what it's called in case you didn't know <laughs> you did that. Uh, thank you um and uh, so let's start with his beef with louis tomlinson so he said earlier that he and louis tomlinson uh hated each other and then he goes on to talk about that one time it they it almost came to blows so oh, really? they were they were i guess they were backstage and they almost got into an actual fist fight 
ever actually come to come to blows? Not almost no, come to blows, no, but actually? We, 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 came, we, 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 we came very close at points. I think it was well known within the band that I don't like taking right, right. at a certain point. I made it very obvious. I'm not going to tell you how. Um, and there was one moment where there was an argument backstage and someone, one member in particular, threw me up a wall. Louis. So I said to him, if you don't remove those hands, there's a high likelihood you'll never use them again. That is such a British thing to say. <laughs> wow. It's Liam Payne out here with the threats. Uh, he's also getting dragged for saying that he's outsold all the other guys, everything else. But, um, but his comments on Zane are what really are lighting fans up because you know the Zane fans are extremely passionate. Yeah. And so he, ta- he calls Zane the D word in this. We bleeped it, but he calls him the D word. But then he, there's also a shot at... Um, the whole Yolanda Hadid thing when Yolanda accused Zane of getting physical with her and shoving oh, her right. in the yeah, house yeah, before yeah. before the breakup. And this this conversation all stems from the back and forth on social that happened between the Paul brothers, Logan and Jake Paul, with Bella Hadid years ago in that hotel room. So listen to this story. Said hi to Zane and like Zane, he, Jake felt like Zane was disrespectful to him and he wanted to like say what's up. And so Jake tweeted at him. And then he was screaming in his hotel room because the rooms were right next to each other. He was, he was, he was, and there was a video of it online, screaming in his hotel room. He was like, I thought my brother was about to fight Zane. And then Gigi tweeted at Jay calling yeah. him like ugly and irrelevant. And that went crazy viral. And you know, Jake and is she ugly. Tweet, she tweeted something about, <laughs> but he's not irrelevant. Then she tweeted, she tweeted something about get yourself like a respectful man or something. Yeah, yeah. That and one didn't age very well. It didn't age. The- <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 listen, 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 listen. Before, we, before we go, before we go too deeply into this, there's, there's, there's many reasons why I, I dislike Zane, and there's many reasons why I'll always, always be on his side. If I had had to go through what he went through, through his his growth and, and whatever else, you know, your your parents are very supportive. Very, very. Uh, my parents are overly supportive to the point where it's annoying at times, and they, they don't even mind me saying <laughs> that. And Zane, Zane had a different upbringing in that sense, and. Um, you can't. You can always look at the man for where he is and, and, and say, oh yeah, whatever, that guy's a d- right? But at the end of the day, once you understand what he's been through to get to that point, and also whether or not he actually even wanted to be there, and also, I'm, I'm so misunderstood my, by myself more than anyone. Like, I don't know why I'm, what I'm doing or why I'm here. It's like, I can't sit here and d- on him because of whatever. And listen, I don't agree with any of his actions. I can't commend some of the things that he's done. I can't be on his side for that. What I can say is I understand and I hope that your only hope, hope is that at some point in their life, the person on the other end of the phone wants to receive the help. Mm. I, I know I said Bella earlier. It was Gigi who, uh, who got into all of that with them. Uh, but, yeah, so that's why uh, Liam is getting just roasted today were, uh, were those, two, those two comments. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. podcast. We all know supply chain issues, right? Yeah. Everything's delayed. I couldn't find a pad thai sauce or, or noodles last night when I went oh, to the grocery really? store. Yeah, the guy at the store was like, we haven't had those in a week. So they're just not coming. Wow. And I was like, oh, man. Um, but uh, but the, the new shortage, according to the Wall Street Journal, oh, is man. that movie theater chains are worried that because of supply chain issues that may lead to a popcorn shortage this summer. No, popcorn? Popcorn. That's so unacceptable. An an executive from a popcorn supplier uh, says that uh, supply will be tight partially because they're having to pay farmers more to keep growing uh, the corn for popcorn rather than switching to a more lucrative crop like soybeans. Uh, So the so that's part of the problem. And uh, if the shortfall happens, it could really hurt theaters already dealing with staff uh, shortages, inflation problems, and uh, they need to keep selling concession. Like that's the whole part of it, right? It just means that you know if 
there is not a noticeable popcorn shortage, you may be paying way more for oh, popcorn. No. And I don't know or in just what have world. Everyone, you can only buy small. I don't know, but you, I don't think you can even do that though. No, you're still paying more because you're still you want people to buy large. Yeah. No, but if there's not enough, then we only have small so that everyone can have popcorn. That's not how the world works, though. The world works as if I only have enough. I want to sell all of it for a gross price to one person. Yeah, exactly. But then right? the guy behind you in line is not going to get any popcorn. Well, then more, you're not getting any popcorn. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Jada Pinkett Smith on Red Table Talk. So she did a whole show on alopecia. And at the beginning of it, she mentions uh, her uh, what the show is and then briefly talks about the Will Smith Chris Rock slap at the Oscars. This is a really important Red Table Talk on alopecia. Considering what I've been through with my own health and what happened at the Oscars, thousands have reached out to me with their stories. I'm using this moment to give our alopecia family an opportunity to talk about what it's like to have this condition and to inform people about what alopecia actually is. Now about Oscar night, my deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. The state of the world today, we need them both. And we all actually need one another more than ever. Until then, Will and I are continuing to do what we have done for the last 28 years, and that's keep figuring out this thing called life together. Thank you for listening. Hmm. No, uh, no ownership or anything like that about no. from that, that from that just side that the of the room, room huh? Talk. It's so weird, like knowing that everything that happened, right? Because yeah. right now I'm still in the middle of reading, well, listening to the audiobook of Will's memoir, Will. Right, and like in. There are certain periods in the book where he talks about um, devastating things that have happened in his life and like the lowest point in his life and when mm-hmm. he made all this money and then lost it and ended up in jail and this and this and this. And there's one specific part where he was like, you know, I was at the lowest point in my life and everything around me was just destruction and I vowed to myself that this would never happen again. I will never get to a point where my career was in jeopardy and all this and this and this, right? Mm-hmm. And then like now, like fast forward to real life. Same as Oh, yeah, man, dude. Yeah, no, jeez. Choices, though, right? I know, I know, and, and and it's interesting with that. You know, even on on watching it and the amount of times we've watched that slap. You know, everybody was cool, but then there was just a moment where, and when you go back to Will's book where he said that the times that he didn't stick up for his mom, he felt like a coward, and you know, the feelings and the conversations in that house that have happened over the years with regards to. Tupac, yeah, and how much that drives Will Smith nuts because he's not that guy, and oh, yeah. you know that love that he and Jada have. And yeah, the, the chapter I like, just I finished just, listening to, he was talking about his yeah, jealousy of Pac. Yeah, and because right? I, I just don't feel even now after all this time that Will Smith didn't do that because you know he felt like he needed to or he felt like he wanted to. This was almost like a a compulsion to try and prove something to people that he is something that he's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was just, there's there wasn't an honesty to it. And I'm not saying that you can honestly slap somebody, but there, there just seemed, it, it seemed like he felt like he was forced into doing that, mm-hmm. even though nobody said anything to him in the moment. Uh, but anyway, so uh, finally addressing it, uh, I don't know. Do you work it out? I mean, she's, who knows? The whole thing is so ridiculous. Is he still in India, Will Smith? Nobody knows. I, I assume that, so. I mean, I know that he and J- Jada said that they're working things out, but 
I don't even think they're together right now. I don't think they've been together for months. I think at the end of I this... I think he's getting the hell away from her is what I think. Really? Yeah. I think at the end of all this, Chris Rock and Will Smith will be in a room together. Yeah. Like privately. Like they're, they're going to have a convo. Yeah. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think it's going to happen. Shem, what's that? They'll, they'll appear on a stage together. You think so? I think so at some point. Yeah. Maybe not this year. Red table time. talk. What's that, Maury? I think it'll be a red table you talk. You think Kevin no. Hart's going on red table talk? You heard it here first. No. No there's way. No chance. There's no way Chris Rock is going to. They're not going to do this with Jada. No. And they're not. There's I don't no think that they're going to do it publicly chance. either. There is no. Do you know Jada? Jada hates Chris Rock. More of a reason to talk it out. To talk, Chris Rock doesn't want to talk it out with no. Jada. I think they'll Hell do it. No. I think that they're going to. Chris Rock doesn't owe anybody anything. No, they all owe him an apology. Yeah, right. right? I think it'll happen behind closed doors. Yeah. Okay. With the camera. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, da, da. Nominees for the BET Awards were announced yesterday And Lil Nas X came up empty-handed Which is weird mm. And he's a little upset about it So he tweeted, thank you BET Awards And outstanding zero nominations Again, black excellence When someone asked him why he thought That he deserved to be nominated He said, I don't know Maybe three of the biggest songs of last year In a critically acclaimed album I feel like that should have helped a bit And he went on to say, not even that Doesn't even have to be me nominated I just feel like uh, Like Black gay people have to fight to be seen in this world. And even when we make it to the top, MFers try to pretend we are invisible. And then he ended up deleting all those tweets. He does mm. that a lot. That's nothing unusual. Uh, the BET Awards air on uh, the 26th. Uh, Taraji P. Henson is hosting. Surprised by that at all? I'm very surprised. That because BET... he's Because he's not wrong that Absolutely. he had like three huge massive songs but are you surprised that he's not recognized by bet i actually am you are Shem? yeah i'm not no, i'm, I'm not, not, I'm not, not really either surprised. you have to you have to understand right like hip-hop especially culture and bt really recognize bt words recognize hip-hop culture in a major way mm-hmm. um haven't really embraced the lgbtq community in a way especially especially in music no and, and i think Lil nas x is deemed as being very polarizing um to a lot of people, especially in that community. So I'm not at all surprised. Mm. Not at all. You know, okay, so here's I thought the, they'd be a little bit more progressive. Here's the reason he didn't get any nominations, my opinion. Sure. Is because if you nominate Lil Nas X, you have to nominate Lil Nas X in one of the big categories. Because yeah. his stuff, you're either going to ignore him completely or you're going to nominate him and you have to nominate him in the big categories. If you nominate him in the big categories, he's got to perform on the show. Okay. But why can't he perform on the show? They do not want Lil Nas X doing a Lil Nas X show on the BET Awards. Mm. He did it at the Grammys. Not the BET Awards. Yeah, BET Awards and Grammys are two different things. Very different things. That's why. Let's just leave him off the show entirely. And then that way we don't have to have the conversation of we don't want him in the building. Because Because that's an even... You can justify no nominations. You can say, it's taste. It's this. It's this. To nominate him for album of the year, right? And to not have him perform is a is a higher but hill and bigger justification to try. They've and make. also had in the past uh, any award show will have an artist or group nominated in a big award category and not have that person perform. Why couldn't they just give him a nomination and still give him the invite? Very rare, very rare. I, I would normally agree with you, Ross, in, in this sense because and I, and I do think your point is well taken. I think though. Lil Nas X having that song, I forget the name of it, uh, Industry like Harlow or, or mm-hmm. Industry Baby. Oh, whatever, Industry with, Baby with Jack, Jack Harlow. Harlow yeah. Yeah. Uh, he would perform that record and Jack Harlow is very much accepted in that community. And I think yeah. and I think in that sense, he'd be allowed to perform mm-hmm. or they, they'd have him perform. Yeah, I'm just saying they don't want Lil Nas X doing a big gay routine on the oh, BET stage. Sure. Right? Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Because you know what he would do, right? Yeah. Recreate. What was the name of the song? Called? Montero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to find it because I'm sure little Nas X some love right now. So if that was a fire record, man. Yo, that song? I mean, that video was yeah. like crazy. Was that the devil one where yeah. he's like lap dancing the devil and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic video. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great yeah, video. That's a great song, too. Uh, yeah. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Podcast. Uh, Johnny Depp came out victorious in the uh, Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard trial in Virginia yesterday. Uh, so Johnny Depp came out uh, winning on th- all three of his uh, accusations against Amber Heard that uh, she defamed him with her uh, op-ed that she wrote. And then they sided with Amber Heard on one of her counts. And this was with regards to what Johnny Depp's lawyer had written at the time on behalf, I guess they could say he was working with Johnny Depp at the time, where he accused Amber Heard of colluding with her friends to stage a crime scene, mm. get their story straight with a lawyer and a publicist, and then go public with it. So that there wasn't enough evidence to prove that collusion on that level was involved. So they awarded that to Amber Heard. Uh, but Johnny Depp was awarded uh, $10 million uh, plus $5 million, but the $5 million in punitive damages is capped in Virginia at $350,000. So I think in total... It's $10,350,000. Amber Heard was awarded um, $2 million for that uh, that one uh, claim. She says she's going to appeal, but I believe, I read somewhere, I think in Virginia, that in order to appeal, you have to post a bond for the full $10 million judgment before you, can, before you can appeal. So I don't know how that's going to work out or where she's going to get that. Uh, but she'll, Does she have that kind of money? No, and she will. I mean, this is the kind of thing, bro. This is You get years before you even have to you know, write a check for anything. Yeah. She'll file for bankruptcy. You, there's a million ways it's not like out of this. At the end of the month. No, and it's not, and it's not about the money either. Right. No, so, so it's, she'll, she won't realistically, she's not going to wind up paying anything. Um, she'll just file for bankruptcy. And cause I think that, uh, I was reading an article where they found out where she lived because when she was on the stand, they asked her where she lived. You have to say where you're from. And she says in uh, uh, Yucca Valley, California. And Yucca Valley is very, very, like, remote. Mm. And it's out by Joshua Tree. It's, like, 30 miles, I think, south of Palm Springs. And what they did was people found one picture on her Insta and then went looking for houses in Yucca because it's a real small town mm-hmm. uh, that have been for sale in, like, the last couple of years. And the one where she is at was for sale. It was, like, $700,000 or something like that. Oh, and man. literally... Surely this house is in the middle of the desert. Like yeah. there is no neighbors. There is no nothing, which I guess when you're super famous, that's a good thing. But she is like remote. Like she's huh. not living in Beverly Hills and like a big house or a condo in New York Leave or all this stuff. Alone. She is living remote and she's living lean. And hmm. so, uh, so yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen with the appeal, but that this process is going to go on for a very long time. Johnny Depp was in a pub in London when he found out uh, when the verdict came so down. So they didn't have to actually have to be there. No, because it's the not a criminal house. case, no, right? No, no, no. You don't have have to be but Amber Heard was yeah Am- okay, okay, okay Amber was but uh, all Johnny Depp's lawyers were but no you don't have to be there it wasn't a, it wasn't a criminal case at all so he had and, uh, prior engagements to go play shows with Jeff Beck and all that other stuff thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha show podcast catch the guys live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on kiss 92.5 kiss 92.5.com or download the kiss 92.5 app